Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in rainy Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, welcome back, Joey No Chill Prano. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me back here in the Smut Studio. The new and improved Smut Studio. Your boyfriend uh, cleaned the carpet. It's looking fresh in here. It's the newest that's ever looked, agreed? Is your toilet running? No, that's the guy above me. Ah, he's taking a shower? He's been kind of annoying lately, I'm not going to lie. His toilet's running? No, he's just taking a shower, but... What's this guy doing home during the day? We're trying to run a podcast here. Well, the thing is, I... uh, I forgot forgot to hit publish on here. Oops. Um, Anyway, I heard him moving stuff last night. Now he's somehow taking two showers, it sounds like. I don't know how he's running two showers simultaneously, but... Well, I have a new neighbor. Uh-huh. Directly in back of my bed, a older Japanese I man. Think th- I think the uh, Savage Town's messing with you. I think they're moving in people on all sides that are going to be home during the day to mess with your podcasting schedule. No, no. Here's what I've decided. We might need those like padded walls. I'm soundproofing. O- I'm OG, bro. Like I call shots around here. I'm one you're of the, OG, the sheriff. I, I'm one of the OG guys. And you're and you're very close with the mayor. Like, to be honest, you're the first lady at this point. <laughs> I'm the first lady. You're the first lady of Savage Town. You're married to the mayor. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I have clout. I got to set the precedent for my new neighbor. Like, I didn't tell him I have a podcast. He didn't need to know that just yet. I'm She's just, on a need to know basis. I introduced myself. Yeah. He's a very nice gentleman, Japanese man with a ponytail, probably late 50s. Although with Japanese, with Asians, they age great. Yeah. Late, if you think he's late 50s, it means he's 114. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to Tug Coker, who did a fantastic job sitting in while I was gone. The, the Nick Foles to my Carson Wentz. This guy, the show gets better when I'm not here. Trade me to Punch Drunk for a second rounder, an intern. and uh, Oh, wow. I mean, how how great is... I love it, Doug. He's the, he's the Nick Foles of the Dirty Sports Podcast. All he does is come in and make the show better. The show and does... And you're not- like the rest of the Philadelphia Eagles of the Dirty Sports Podcast. I get more hyped when he's here? Yeah, yeah. Because the Eagles... Dude, they... Before we get into that, Tug, amazing job. I agree with you. What I love about Tug is he just shows up. He does what he needs to do. Gives excellent takes, insightful. There's no BS around him, and then he's off. Yep. He's got kids. He's got work. He's thusting. Yeah, he's got two kids. He's got an actual. He's got a proper job, and he just shows up, gets it done. He's not like, how do I get over there? No nonsense with him. <laughs> and that's what is amazing. Like he doesn't just have two kids. He has a two-year-old and a baby. Yeah. He's two babies, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Love Tug. But you're right, man. He fills in great, kind of like Nick Foles. Yeah. Look, dude, let's just start there. Okay. 
I'm going to double down. Eagles fans, you should stick with Foles. I mean, what are we talking about at this point? I'm talking full future. Yeah. He's only, what, 29, 30? He's not that old. He's only been in the league since, what, 2012? The... So there's multiple reasons, and we've talked about it at length over the last couple of weeks. And I know Eagles fans; they're like, you'd be shocked at how many Eagles fans like are like, like go to any tweet that's like, if he wins next week, does like it have to be fold? Like go under any one of those tweets. It's like it's Wentz, and it's not a question. Stop being fucking stupid. Spine injury, knee injury, two of the first three years. But more importantly, most importantly. You're going to have to pay him money soon. Yeah. Look, the shout out once again to my replacement, my official replacement, Tug Coker. Tug and I have been on the, the campaign the whole year, and now everybody else is coming around. This quarterback contract situation, it's like Nick Foles, regardless of how great he's been, can't command what Carson Wentz can command for age, for draft uh, you know, how high he was drafted for them deeming him the future. Yeah. Carson Wentz was, what was he, the two, number two overall pick? Correct. And Nick Foles was, you know, a, a Rams backup two years ago. Like, you can get away with not paying him. And honestly, when it comes to value, it's forget the injuries, forget that just on value. How much of what Carson Wentz gives you does Nick Foles give you? And then how much can you pay him for that? So if he gives you 90% of what Carson Wentz gives you, but you only have to give him 25% of the money, how do you not do it? Yeah. How do you not do it? And if like the, the smut studio is how big? 450 feet? 390 square feet. 390 square feet, and you pay whatever, $1,500. Let's call it that. Okay. Right? If somebody said to you, Andy, I have a 375 square foot apartment across the hall, but it's going to cost you 800 bucks, you're like, I'm moving. Yeah, exactly. Of course I'm moving. That It would be stupid not to move. Well, the Smut Shack has... Fuck the Smut Shack's history. Fuck it. We could take that money, and you know what we could do with it? We could get more bobbleheads. We could go on more trips. You could get an actual NFL running back. Like, you could do a lot of things with the extra money. Yeah. There are probably dirtballs who are, like, totally confused with the fucking, you know, conversation at this point. But the point is, you could, it's it's dumb. No, I get what you're saying. And not only from a monetary perspective, for some reason, and I'm not saying that they don't play well with Carson Wentz, they... Last year went 13-3, and three and he probably would have won the MVP if he doesn't shred his knee against the Rams. But guys, there's something about his teammates psychologically knowing he not only got them to the Super Bowl, he won the Super Bowl in one of the best statistical games ever for a quarterback. On top of that, he won again yesterday on the road. Did he have a couple bad picks in the first half? Sure. But when it came down to it, at the very end, against the top-ranked defense... Big Dick Nick. Let's not call him that on our show. Let's leave that to fucking, you know, the gambling, the sports gambling podcast or whatever. I'm not. I'm not referring to him as okay. Big Dick Nick. Large appendage Nick. I'm not referring. I'm. Just, can we just call him Nick Foles? Pulled out his penis and marched right down the field against the Bears. But all jokes aside, he's calm and he's cool. And guys, 
that's one of those things that you really can't teach. Like that goes to me outside skills. Does that make sense? That that's the eye test for me is that it's fourth and goal on the two. He makes a perfect pass to Golden Tate. At this point, again, I don't know what you guys want. He's winning playoff games, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And again, Carson Wentz maybe makes that pass. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about his value. It's about that he's done it. And it's about that Carson Wentz has a season-ending knee and a season-ending spine injury in his first three years in the NFL. Yes. It doesn't get better. You know, like the whole thing for like gay teenagers, like it gets better. It doesn't get better. You don't get fucking healthier as you get older. It's it's not going to be, he's not going to be more likely to stay healthy going forward. Yeah, you're right. He's not going to. Now, could he stay healthy going forward? Sure, but he's not more likely to stay healthy after an injury and after. You've brought this up before and it's true. If we look at quarterbacks, the ones who have a long history of consistently staying on the field basically did it for their first five seasons, their first five seasons of starts. Yeah. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. And again, and again, it's different. Like, you know, people will say, Odell's been injured the last. Yeah. He had a hamstring injury to start his career. He had an ankle injury last year. That is not torn knee ligaments and spines. We're talking about this is Tony Romo stuff. This is Tony this is basically Tony Romo. Serious injuries. Like, yeah, f- forget serious injuries. Like, this is your spine. If you like this paralyzed shit. Yeah. We're talking about his spine. Sure. Yeah, I mean I don't know what else we can say about it. Again, if you're if you're an Eagles fan, I don't know why you want Carson Wentz in there. And Joe's right. We're not saying he couldn't make that drive. We're not saying he couldn't make that throw to Golden Tate. All we're saying is he's not in there, and Nick Foles is doing it. All I'm saying is cost, okay, Wentz's tradability, and the fact that the the amount of the production that you're getting from Nick Foles versus what you would get from Carson Wentz. I'm not saying he's going to give you more than what Carson Wentz is giving you. It's what percentage of what Carson Wentz gives you does Nick Foles give you. Yeah. And we already know. We don't know about Phillip Rivers yet if Phillip Rivers has the ability to win multiple playoff games, sit through the two weeks process that is a Super Bowl hype, go into the big game, and win it. We don't know it about Carson Wentz. We don't know it about Andrew Luck. We don't know it about Pat Mahomes. We do know it about Nick Foles. We know. He did it. He did it. Yeah. And once you've done it, it's like anything in life. I think it's a lot... I don't know if I should say the word easier to do it again, but you've been there mentally. You've been there psychologically. But it's it's not even a matter of like everybody has... You know, there. Everybody that we're talking about, all everybody that I just listed is a great quarterback. But Dan Marino, like you can see, like you saw the stats. You you know what he was. His playoffs. He was a different player than he was in the regular season. He was different. We don't know whether or not that's true about Carson Wentz. We yeah. just don't know. It's it's not often that it happens. It's not often that there are guys who go in and like have total fucking you know are totally different, but. They are there. Yeah. 
the, it, in every sport, there are those guys. Look at A-Rod's, you know, postseasons. Look at, you know, Bond's postseasons. Look at, like, there are guys who, and and sometimes it's when the going gets tough, meaning people take him take it more seriously. The defenses are harder. All, all that stuff. We just don't know if Carson sure. Wentz, we do know that Nick Foles can do it. Yeah. It, it, it didn't fucking bother him, probably because he was like, I was almost out of football two years ago. I was a fucking Jeff Fisher backup. And... One more thing about Foles. He has also proven he can't have a great regular season. I mean, I know it was some time ago, but what was it? The 2012 season with the Eagles, he did throw for 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. So he has shown he can have an excellent regular season. Uh, And I'll say what I said when I called in with the trade. I want the Philadelphia Eagles to let Nick Foles go and re-sign Carson Wentz to all of the monies. That's what I want. But I'm a Giants fan. I mean, if he wins this week in New Orleans, Jesus Christ, which I guys. don't think he's going to do. But, I don't either. But that—that's like a great—that's a great example of like if that were to happen, and you're an if you're sitting at home and you're an Eagles fan and you're going like, even then, it's Carson Wentz's job. Jump off the Ben Franklin Bridge. You don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid. Yeah. You're a stupid person. Just eat Wawa hoagies until you explode like the guy in Seven. This isn't to do a dated reference. This isn't the same situation as Jeff Hostetler filling in for Phil Sims. Honestly, is it? Maybe. Like, look at what happened. The Giants never went back, and Hostetler went to what? The Raiders. And was Hostetler good? No, but he also went to the Raiders. Was Sims fucking incredible after that? But also, it's it's not the same because Sims had won a Super Bowl. True. And Sims had played exceptional in that Super Bowl. So we knew Sims could do it. Yeah. We, like, there was no doubt that Sims could do it. So, yeah, it's different for that reason. But at the time, would the would the Giants have been better off going with Hostetler moving forward? I don't know. They didn't win a Super Bowl. So they couldn't be worse going with Hostetler moving forward from there if you believe it's a Super Bowl or bust league. Well, let me hop into the comments section because a lot of people want to have their take on this Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. I'll just read a comment to hear your take. So, what is it? Bryson brings in a hypothetical. If Foles leads the Eagles to another Super Bowl, then they ship Foles for top picks because he's tapped out. I guess that means because he's worth so much. I don't know what he means tapped out. He's going to retire? No. Wentz is going to lead his franchise to a Super Bowl GMs are dumb. I don't know what he's trying to say. Great comment that you chose. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to read what's right in front of me. Yeah. I understand what he's saying though in terms of if you were trying to get a return, right? You if if Foles leads you to another Super Bowl, you that's when his value will be the highest and you could ship him for even more than you could potentially trade Carson Wentz for, maybe to somebody who wants to win immediately. Yeah. But the point remains the same in terms of value. If Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl this year, and you trade Carson Wentz, you still have to pay Nick Foles less than you would have to pay Carson Wentz on his next contract coming off of multiple injuries. True. Because he's younger which means he's going to want a longer deal and he's a higher draft pick. Exactly. 
And he wasn't at the point in his football career where he was almost done and now ever all of this stuff is cream cheese. The thing with Nick Foles is this. He has no pressure. He's actually in from a life perspective. He's in a good situation. He's already won the big game. He's already won the big game. He's, been the he's got a giant dick. He looks like fucking Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. But he's got all these things going for him. That's why I think with the Eagles as a team, especially defensively, like where did this come from? They suddenly, their defense just started showing, the minute Nick Foles came in there, they started showing up. Dude, I I went to the fucking Rams-Eagles game. I was there. The, the most surprising thing for me was, why aren't the Rams scoring points? Where's this Eagles defense come from? And they did it again yesterday. Now, we can suck Nick Foles' giant dick all we want, and we gotta talk about Cody fine. Parkey. We gotta. I mean, yeah. the game was the game was won by the Bears until Cody Parkey fucking double doinked. Yeah, you don't double doink. You can't. I mean, how's that possible? Now you, you've seen the videos about the ball being tipped. Yeah, who cares? Honestly, I agree. That doesn't matter to me. I was watching it in our comedy condo. I was watching with Eddie, and um, he he kind of chip shotted the first one, like he did not when when they iced him. He went low. He he like he had some touch on it. He was like, "I'm not going to overkick it and like yeah. pull it." Sure. But because he did that on the second one, it was able to be tipped. Did the tip do anything to it? I don't. But like the difference. People are like, it didn't really affect it. Okay, let's say it still hits the post if it's not tipped. Let's say it still hits that. What if it What if it adjusted it just enough that it still hits that post, but it goes in? I'm not saying it moved it up two feet, but if it moved it one inch left, doesn't it hit that post and then ricochet in? Yeah. I mean, almost ricocheted in anyway. Just kick the ball, man. It's a job I don't want. Kicker? Don't want that job. Yeah. High pressure job. How many times has he hit the post this year, though? I think they said five times. That's ridiculous. You can't, he couldn't do that if he tried. Did you see his Instagram? No. Somebody found, if you go way back on Cody Parkey's Instagram, he posted something about how he was aiming to kick a pole a few years ago, and he has a picture of it. So he was practicing kicking, hitting a pole. This is bad. I'm not, I'm not even making this up. Yeah. On his, oh, so somebody found that on his Instagram. On his personal Got Instagram it. account. Like he's been practicing his whole life about precision kicking to kick a spot not in the giant opening between the goalposts. Somebody should just, like, Bears fans should just start holding a pole right in the middle. Like the guy who sits behind the field goal in the middle. So just be like, I got one. Aim here. According to Instagram comments, he hit four in one game. How's I, that? I remember that. I rem- I didn't know it was four in one game, but I remember the game he hit multiple. I mean, I thought, I thought Collinsworth and Al Michaels were going to have a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Collinsworth was so excited to say double doink. I've never heard somebody so excited to say double doink. 
I'm gonna start using that with. He's like, I wonder if John Madden's gonna call me tomorrow. I just said double doink. I'm gonna start using that with sex. Like if I have sex with a girl twice, like what'd you do last night? I double doinked her. No, double doinks when you when you get both holes one one sash. Ooh, two for one. Double doink. I like that. Yeah. Did we just create something? Yeah. Put it on uh, Urban Dictionary. (laughs) We have to play the call of the kick in Spanish. Oh, is there a Spanish call? Oh yeah, and it is amazing. Does he say? Double doinke, double doinke. No, but he does repeat the same word over and over. Can't wait to hear it. Get those headphones on. Where am I at? It's pretty fucking good. I here they are. I just always imagine the Spanish announcer is going to be the same guy from our Prigioni. Ah, parky, parky. No, Parquia, Parquia. It's pretty good. I mean, it's similar. Where are we at here? All right, let me pull this bad boy up. All right. Prigi Parquiani. All right, you ready to hear it? Yeah. I might have to adjust. I'll start it low, so... All right, so this is the Spanish broadcast. We don't know who it's from. It's just the caption is the Spanish radio broadcast of the Cody Parkey missed field goal. The Cody Parkey, 43 yardas. El snap, le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. Señor, no, señor, no, señor, no, señor, no, señor. No, señor! Los Eagles se van con la victoria! Ay, papá! No, señor! No, you know señor! What that Chicago, Chicago! Nos vamos para New Orleans! Philadelphia got a part! Is that a breath? You know what that reminded me of? What? The end of Goonies. Do you remember when the maid finds the jewels? Oh, yeah, And she's yeah, like, yeah. no, it's good, Jay. No, it's good, Jay. And he's like, no, no, right. No, and like mouse trying to fucking, no, it's script. No, no, no sign. No sign. Don't sign it. No, senor. No, senor. Why does he say Chicago? Suddenly he turns into Dean Martin halfway through the thing. <laughs> Chicago. Ah, the Cody Parker. No, sir. Chicago is my kind let, of let, town. Let, let, let me go. The, let me get back to the no senors in Chicago. That's you're right. That's a good part. No, senor. No, senor. No, senor. Here it is. Chicago. Why are they always yelling? It's wild, dude. What? Why? Why no mister? No mister? No mister? What is that? It's it translates uh, to no sir. No sir. Ah, even though it. I get no. Yeah, I was thinking no, Mister too. It. But it translates. But even still, if you're watching an English game in English, Joe Buck's not just going to keep going. No sir. No sir. No sir. No sir. Trey can be like, Joe, are you having a heart attack? <laughs> having a stroke, Joe. Let's talk Chargers Ravens. Okay. The first game on Sunday. Hey man, my boys, they're representing for me. 
fudging rivers. But is this more of the Chargers representing, or we figured out Lamar Jackson and Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh didn't pull him? Uh, I was tweeting aggressively about pulling Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I. The the here's the thing with like the figuring him out. I don't think they figured him out. That but straight out of the gate, we just talked about this before. Like straight, he fumbled three of their first eight snaps, and a lot of these weren't just they they weren't hit by the defense fumbles. Like he's just dropping the ball. He's just dropping the ball. And for, I'm I, here's the thing. I'm not even gonna say. He can't handle playoff pressure. I'm not going to say he was nervous. I'm not going to say anything. All I'm going to say is this. It was not Lamar Jackson's day. No. For whatever reason. Agreed. Jim Har- John Harbaugh should have pulled him at halftime. Agreed. That's it. That's the answer. And I believe at one point Tony Romo said something like that saying it's not about that he can't be the quarterback of the future or the quarterback next year in the playoffs. It's just sometimes, even the even a great quarterback, you gotta you gotta just mix things up. I tweeted about it, and I'll say it again. Nick Saban was not worried about Jalen Hurts' confidence going forward. If I take him out now, how does that affect him? Go- Nick Saban was like we're losing, and I'm pulling him. And this dude has started. How many more games did Jalen Hurts start in his Alabama career than Lamar Jackson has started for the fucking Baltimore Ravens? Had he won a national championship? Or he played in a national championship game the year before? Yeah, he played the year before. We're talking about a guy who played seven games. You're sitting... You have a former Super Bowl MVP, and forget that. Or no, I, uh, did, I think did they win the year before that? Who cares? He played more than six games. Yeah, you have you have a vet on the sideline. Okay, it's all right there for you. It's not that hard. Put him in, and then what's his reasoning? I understand. I, I agree. Do with you. not know. I've been trying to figure out what is the reasoning for him not putting Flacco in. I have no idea. And especially when you get to the point, first of all, I couldn't believe they didn't put him in half. I couldn't believe when the second half started with a turnover by the Chargers and they were down like, you know, it was was still a close game at that point and they suddenly had the ball. Put him in right then. Short field. Throw a touchdown pass. Let's go. The idea that they didn't, he didn't even put him in Late in the when there was that one touch final touchdown when it was like twenty one or whatever it was, now the game doesn't matter where you're playing at what level of football who your quarterback is doesn't matter who your quarterback is it doesn't matter if your quarterback lost an arm in a gunfight at that point in the game the only way to come back is to throw the football which they did with Lamar Jackson but guess what he is not at this point in his career. A quarterback who can effectively throw the football. So at that point, not going to Joe Flacco is criminal. Yeah. It, at that point, not going to Joe Flacco is forfeiting the game. 
just leave. Just leave. What you're actually this whole idea that you're going to hurt Lamar Jackson's confidence? Well, who's saying this, by the way? Are people saying this because I didn't really see that, or yeah. are, you, are you just assuming? No, people are saying this. Oh, they've already made this hurts his, you know, this hurts his growth going forward. That's ridiculous. You know what hurts his That's growth? Ridiculous. You know what hurts his growth going forward? That th- at the end of the game, for the last at least full quarter, the Chargers could pin their ears back. Attack a quarterback who couldn't throw, and every time he gets sacked, he gets booed. That hurts a quarterback's confidence. You're hurting your quarterback's confidence by sitting him down in a game that he's almost certainly already going to lose, replacing him with the, what, 10-year, 12-year NFL vet Super Bowl MVP that he replaced six weeks ago? If that's hurting his confidence, get him the fuck out of here in the first place. You're not qualified to be an NFL QB if you can't handle Joe Flacco coming back in. And then somebody said to me, oh, well, Joe, the Ravens have already moved on from Joe Flacco. Well, if that's the case, then you even have no reason whatsoever yeah. because we've already made a future decision that Joe Flacco is not going to be here. Yeah. Well, then how is Lamar Jackson going to be worried about the guy behind him if they're going to cut Joe Flacco in the offseason anyway? In fact, I don't know if you watched, but during the press conference post-game, Harbaugh basically said that. They're done with Flacco, and he even said, you know, Joe's going to be a nice quarterback somewhere. So you're right. They did know. They had nothing to lose. I didn't get it either. Guys, when you're down this many points and— Forget down the many points. He had 25 passing yards— in the fourth quarter. Well, he had negative passing yards going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Negative. Going into the fourth quarter, he had negative passing yards. He looked lost. It, it was a criminally bad decision. Because what happened is he had pressure on him, and he hadn't had pressure on him. They, that was the first time since he became the starter that the Ravens had been ever been down by more than six points. Yeah. So basically, the Ravens are in all these games. Suddenly, they're down, what was the score? 12 nothing at halftime? So it's like, okay, you're down basically two touchdowns, bro. Which, again, is going to take away from the running game. Not only is it a 100% certainty. This is not even arguable. Not only is it with 100% certainty that if Joe Flacco comes in, in the, at halftime, do they have a better chance of winning that game? That's not even arguable. They have a better chance of winning that football game if Joe Flacco comes in at halftime. But I will say this. I believe the Ravens would have won that game if Joe Flacco came in at halftime. Why do you say that? Because look at late in the game, Lamar Jackson was able to pass the football somewhat effectively. Sure. Think about the Jalen Hurts, uh, fucking whatever his name is, situation. Tua. Tua. You're changing at you're you're at the halftime of the game, you're completely changing your offensive strategy. Everything they have planned for. So then defensively the Chargers have to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. You have the ability not only to have practice this, and Joe Flacco is certainly not running options in practice. When Joe Flacco takes his his snaps in practice, he's not running the same offense Lamar Jackson is. He's probably running the offense that Joe Flacco was running before. Yeah. Also, he was their quarterback through half of the season. It's not like those guys are like, uh, what are those plays? I forgot what pass routes I run. I'm certain 
that the Lamar Jackson pass plays they ran at the end of the game were plays that they were running when Joe Flacco was the quarterback of the team. They could have, as a team, and I believe John Harbaugh is a good X's and O's coach, they could have way more easily adjusted to Joe Flacco coming in at halftime than the Chargers could adjust for the one week of prep that they had for this team with Lamar Jackson as as the quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I didn't get it. No one got it. Bad move, man. I mean, that game still came down to an onside kick. Yes. With Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Who cares if Flacco's not going anywhere? Who cares if Lamar Jackson's your quarterback for the future? You forfeited the game in the third quarter. Middle of the third quarter when you didn't put him in. Honestly, after the first drive, when they only got a field goal on that short field, everything after that, you forfeited. Yeah. Leave. You care about it. If you care about this football team and you're not putting Joe Flacco in, save any potential injuries that happen from the third, middle of the third quarter on to the fourth and just go home. Yeah. Say, hey, guys, we actually are not trying to win this game. I, I, everything I'm doing is very clear that we are done trying to win this game. This is now about, you know, my quarterback for the future and whatever. We're going to we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to save ourselves any potential injury. We're we're out of here. Thank you for coming. We're 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 leaving. Forfeit the game. Well, I don't think it mattered who played quarterback ultimately. I think the reason they lost was because Ray Lewis did a bird dance before the game. Do you want to hear something amazing, Andy? I For the first time since week five in the NFL, bet football games this weekend. Bet NFL football games. I did fantastic on Saturday. Sunday morning, I picked on this show. I picked the Chargers to cover and the Ravens to win. I was wrong, obviously, on that. But I was sitting there, and yesterday early, I was like, you know what? I actually think I like the Ravens to cover this game. I get on the computer. I'm about to place a Ravens. This is not a joke. I'm about to place a Ravens cover the spread and win bet. And not even the dance out of the tunnel. The pregame fucking Fox broadcast or CBS broadcast, him in a dusty room with a fedora on. I literally was like, (laughs) I literally, Andy, I swear to God, I went like this. X. I closed my window and I'm like, I am not betting. This is, I was like, this is a fucking joke. Have you seen, there's what I I find so many things fascinating here. Just so many things. Um, One, Ray, have, have you seen a person who's more of an attention whore to make it about them who also is involved with murder? Like, that's a fascinating dynamic to me. Like, dude, I tweeted that out too. If I was connected to two murders, because he is, so chill the fuck out, Ravens fans. What? What? I don't know what happened that night after the Super Bowl in Atlanta. All I know is he was there and he's somehow connected. If I was connected to two murders, I would lie low. No, not right. He's dancing in front of si- 65,000 people. Forget sociopath, homicidal maniac, Ray Lewis in this situation. Let's take the murderous 
slash the murdering reverend out of it. Let's take a guy who's simultaneously a murderer and a reverend (laughs) and put him on the side of this. Wild. Fucking wild. What in the actual fuck are the Ravens organization, the marketing people, the fucking on-field program people, what are they doing having him come out of the tunnel and dance before games? It, it, it honestly makes your organization look like a fucking joke. It's the equivalent of the Giants having Lawrence Taylor, who didn't murder anybody, lead them out of the tunnel. That's, that happened in the past. It is not now. Like, that is so fucking stupid. It, dude, it's so bizarre. I mean, we've said this. How many times have we said this on this show? How just these these people, certain people just get these passes. Ray forget, Lewis, forget the pass. But 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 it's true though. The, the Ray Lewis's, the Kobe Bryant's. I'm just saying. You, on one age, you have this, or on one angle, you have this, like the Me Too, and I'm we just can't make these jokes. And that's what I'm the, saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so so on this side, you have all this. The PC culture, the Me Too, and then the other side you have a guy connected to murders, like Joe's saying, and the marketing team saying, "Let's put him out there." I just find it wild. Like it's wild to I, me. I agree with all of that, but I'm saying, forget. Like I'm actually more embarrassed from, for the Ravens disregarding the murder part. What is the former linebacker of your team doing, leading you out of the tunnel? In a white jacket and a fedora. What does he have to do with this? Can you imagine if Michael Irvin had led the Cowboys out of the tunnel on Saturday? If fucking Peyton Manning was running out the Colts? Andrew Luck is the number one overall pick and your current quarterback. Why would you have Peyton Manning running them out? Nothing to me... told me they're not winning this game, then they need a former linebacker that no longer plays to hype up this organization. That's embarrassing to me. Well, I don't think they needed that. Again, I think that's a bad move by the executives with the Ravens. Right, but not only did they not need it, it's it's a poor move because the, the, the... Sideline of the Ravens yesterday was probably like, this is stupid as shit. Well, I want to read the tweet that you sent me um, from Dave Dave Damashek. It says, one of the funniest recurring things is asking Ravens who won that last Super Bowl about the inspiration Ray Lewis provided. Consistently got some variation of an eye-rolled combination with a comment along the lines... Ray's speeches and dancing are more for Ray than anyone else. So right there, that tweet basically summarizes it. Again, it's all about Ray. Ray doesn't give a fuck about the team. He doesn't give a fuck about the Ravens winning their first home playoff game since the year he played, uh, I believe the 2012 Super Bowl. He doesn't care. It's all about Ray. Ray. Ray only cares about himself. And that's the irony of all this is that all he does is preach. Again, like Prano saying, he's a reverend. But, but he's the most selfish guy out there. Even, let's take it back to the Super Bowl. Do you remember when he won that Super Bowl? 
Joe Flacco was the MVP. Do you remember Jim Nance? I'll never forget. I was actually back home in Cincinnati watching the Super Bowl. Jim Nance is trying to interview Flacco, who's the MVP. And do you remember? Ray kept trying to basically take the mic and get involved. It's like, no, dude. Flacco is the MVP. This isn't your MVP. It's, it's so fucking stupid. So stupid. I was, I was like, it gave me that feeling of embarrassment. It, w- it was a Jameis Winston pregame speech. It was a Jameis Winston eating the W. It was a comedian bombing on stage. I was embarrassed for the Ravens team. I was embarrassed for the Ravens organization. But they don't I em- care. I was embarrassed for their fans. I was embarrassed to watch Ray Lewis come out. It was awkward for me. It ga- it was like watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I can't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because what it does to my shoulders, it makes me do this. Yeah. It makes me it makes me shoulder- You get uncomfortable. It makes me shoulder cringe. And I don't like the physical. I don't like to I, I'm not really enjoying something if physically I'm uncomfortable. I was physically uncomfortable watching Ray Lewis come out of the tunnel. See, physically. I was like, why? Why is this happening? Why would they do this? No. And I immediately started tweeting about him being a murderer. Like I was like, this is the only the only way I can get it. I was like, I'm putting down the remote control and I'm fucking tweeting about him being a murderer. It made me physically uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't get uncomfortable. I just laugh, and, and I, I followed what you did, and I started tweeting murderer jokes, which is a whole other element, which we don't really have time to get into. But again, Raven stands out there. I, I don't want you to get technical, because I know there's a ton of lawyers, apparently, yeah. who are on Twitter who are lawyers, but also diehard Ray Lewis fans. That's pretty ironic. Uh, guys, he was connected to two murders. Let, let me just say this. Lawrence Taylor, not, this is not a fucking, again, this is a, not an argument. This is a fact. Was significantly better than Ray Lewis. You will never hear me go, well, the st- you know, technically the law in Jersey is, he you fucked know, an underage the age of uh, consent is 16. So, you know, technically he wasn't illegal. It wasn't that she was too young. It was that she was a pro. No. You're a fucking 40-year-old former player. You're a fucking 16-year-old. I don't care what the age of consent is, dude. You're a fucking creep. Yeah. And I'm not defending you. You're a pedophile. Well, technically, so the thing was, he was, you know, the age of consent in that specific county in New Jersey is, and she, if she didn't actually take money, then she wasn't a prostitute. No. No. He's a fucking creep scumbag. I don't care how good he was as a giant. He's a fucking creep scumbag. For you to be like, well, technically he pled no contest to... Blah, blah, blah. No, fuck you. I think sports fans are the worst. Part of a murder investigation. This is kind of what I've decided. I think sports fans are the worst with defending their players. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, dude, he's connected to murder. I'm not saying, again, the, the Ravens not cutting him, fine. I don't care. If... If you're a football team and you have an like an all-time middle linebacker and he's not convicted of anything and all right, great. It's a business. You got to do what you got to do. But you don't have to defend him as a person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's tons of players who are awful people who I might root for. But I'm not going to defend them as human beings. 
that's what I find so fascinating. I'm watching, I'm currently watching, I started watching it last night, Surviving R. Kelly. And it really does hit home when you like someone's music. But I've never defended R. Kelly. I love some of his songs. Like, I believe I can fly. I've had moments where like, I love that, like where I'll listen to that song a lot. It doesn't mean he's a good person. He's a piece of shit. He fucked underage girls forever. He probably still does. I, ju- I just don't get these people who are like, well, technically, the murder, he got off, blah, 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 blah. It's like, guys, you're defending someone connected. It's the same way with Kobe Bryant. It's the same way with Ben Roethlisberger. It's the same way with any of these guys. You're defending shitty people. I think Ray's trying to fucking... Yeah, Ray's, I, Ray's trying to fucking Michael Myers his way through your ceiling. It's is, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking. He's doing Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Is that above... Yeah, or is it a, next door? No, that's above. Which is weird because nobody's moving in above. They're obviously doing work up there. It's probably what's connected to my drain. My garbage disposal is not working. Got it. I leave town for a week and it goes to hell. I should be on a paid salary here. Okay, that's an interesting hot take. <laughs> I should be. You should pay me to live here. You should pay me to live here. You know what Ray should do? This is my advice for Ray if he wants to maybe change his image a little. Get rid of the white suit you wore, Ray, and go to flagandanthem.com. Yeah. Change that image a little. Get some flannel, dude. Yeah, come you, on. You murdered people in a white suit, and then you wore a white suit jacket out of the tunnel? I mean, are you just trolling homicide detectives at this point? Yeah. Like, what? Get yourself. Look at this. Look at this. The black pearl button flannel I've got on. It's Love it. Flag and Anthem jeans. I rocked Flag and Anthem, I think, with... I think I walked Flag and Anthem 100% on stage this weekend in Arizona. Now, you're rocking the, the nice like look. You go on stage, you go out. I'm in the casual Flag and Anthem. Yeah. Gear. I'm in the hoodie. I'm in their joggers. Yeah. So, guys, this is what I love about Flag and Anthem. You can have the nice look, and you can have the casual look. So go to flagandanthem.com right now. If you drop promo code DIRTYJAN, that's D-I-R-T-Y-J-A-N, you get 25% off your order in January. And what's great about us having a new code every month, if you've used the code before, you can use it again because it's a new code. Yep. First time, every time. That's right. So go to flagandanthem.com and drop promo code DIRTYJAN to get 25% off your Order. Okay, let's get to the Saturday games. Okay. We gotta we gotta discuss Russell Wilson losing. I'll take the L. Well, the the Seahawks lost. Yeah. But I hear you. Yeah. That was uh the, it was the green tea bet, the green tea battle that uh it's now now being called. You owe you owe Tug what? A a year supply of green tea? So basically, yeah, not that much. One a day. I go to Trader Joe's. That's probably $20 with a tea, if that. That's all right. Yeah, you have 365 bags of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is a good bet. I was hoping you guys were going to have some sort of double down on the a Rams-Cowboys game, but it sounds like neither of you are interested. It sounds like this one's too close to home. Well, I here's the thing with the Rams-Cowboys. I, I'm like, eh, you know my opinion on Goff. That's that's basically what it boils down to for me. And also, I don't. Do we know Gurley's status now? Gurley didn't play the last couple games. I'm, I imagine that 
that was for rest purposes, knowing that they were going to get a buy. And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to imagine. I don't. I can't say for sure, but I'm going to imagine he's pretty close to 100. percent I hope so. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks game. I obviously I have a lot of opinions. Watch the whole thing. Uh, the play calling was bad. I agree. It wasn't just bad. It was awful. In fact, I started reading a lot on Schottenheimer, and uh, I go to the Ringer. I like to go to the Ringer to see some of their takes. And somebody wrote a great article about him. It wasn't just about that game. Right. It went through the whole history of Schottenheimer. Right. And calling games. And basically, teams were never good with him. You know, he had, as far as, they were basically saying, bro, you have these jobs because of daddy. Look what you did with the Jets, with Mark Sanchez. Look what you did. <laughs> you know, the Colts were 30th in offense when you were the quarterback's coach in 2016. You know, they, they were just breaking down all these different years. He kept running the fucking ball. And I pulled some stuff up, which I thought was interesting. Of 12 drives, four were three and outs. I see you have some stats, too. I do, but... I, let me just say before, so, I, I agree Schottenheimer wasn't good. But I'm not putting this on Schottenheimer. Right. I'm just, I'm starting here. Yeah. Four were three and outs yeah. of the Seahawks' 12 drives. So a quarter of their drives were three and out. And on those four, he did first and second down runs. So my, my thing is, you're basically saying this to your, to your team. We're going to put Russell Wilson in a third and eight, third and seven, third and nine, against a good defense on the well road. you're not saying that because you had the number one rushing attack in all of football but it wasn't working right but you live by the sword you die by the sword right you you're the number one rushing team in football all year you're 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 what you're gonna go into a game against dallas and suddenly you're gonna throw the ball 50 times now now when they when they they started to throw the ball they moved they moved down the field sure here's my thing russell wilson now give me the give me this stat because this one uh, this all goes into uh, give me his uh, play action stat. I don't know if I had the play. Oh, he was ten of eleven on play action for one hundred and fourteen yards. Okay, so you're saying the run was setting up that? Of course, and Russell Wilson is throws good a- in play action, and he throws a good deep ball. Yeah, he throws a good deep ball. So here's the thing: I, I want to say, without a doubt the Schottenheimer play calling was bad, but I don't think that the Schottenheimer play calling was much different than his play calling has been the entire year. On the season, Interesting. Russell Wilson averaged 26.6 attempts per game. He threw 27 times on Saturday. So, on par. You can put all of this on, you know, well, they ran on first down and they ran on second down a lot. He's done that all year. They've had a number one thing. Russell Wilson dropped back Ten times on third down, he converted zero of them. Like, I get it. They were third and longs, but he conser- he converted zero yeah, of them. Yeah, it's not a good number. Two for three, they were running on third down. They were two for 13 in third down conversions. Two, two successful third down runs. O for 10, dropping back on third down. The Fox pregame stat via Tony Gonzalez. Russell Wilson was the worst in football this season against the Blitz. And he said, I expect the Dallas Cowboys to blitz yeah. 
Russell Wilson because he was the worst in football against the Blitz. You know what stops teams from blitzing? Running the football. Running the football also leads, obviously, to setting up play action, which Russell is good. Here's I'm gonna do, I wanted to say something because, I, you know, people think that I don't give Russell Wilson credit. Russell Wilson is a fantastic deep passer. I think he is a I think he's incredibly accurate on deep throws. Yeah, and I think he has elite touch on deep throws. He, and, and he showed it that game. Yeah, he puts balls on deep throws, places where only his guy can get it, and oftentimes like. You know, the the Doug Baldwin catch on the sideline that it reminds me of uh, Eli Manning to Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl. It's like you you threw a perfect ball there. And if he if he doesn't catch it, it's out of bounds. Yeah. And if he doesn't make an incredible play, like he literally put it here. But the thing is, every QB is better when they have time. You Russell Wilson is great when he has time. That's why he's great throwing the ball downfield, because if you have enough time to throw it vertical, it means that you have enough time for your receivers to get downfield. The criticism has always been against Russell Wilson. When he doesn't have time, he's awful. He's awful. Elite quarterbacks. What do you mean? Why are you saying he's awful? He's the worst in football against the Blitz. He's awful. He's 0 for 10 on third and long when guys are pinning their ears back and coming for him. When Russell Wilson has time and can set his feet and can look downfield, and got, he has elite downfield passing ability. The difference between Russell Wilson and true elite NFL quarterbacks isn't that he's worse when he doesn't have time. Every quarterback's worse than when they don't have time. Tom Brady was worse, and every Super Bowl he lost was because teams got pressure on him. The difference between Russell Wilson and those guys, he's awful when pressured. He gets sacked at a higher percentage than any quarterback in football besides Deshaun Watson. He's awful but the, under pressure. Do you know why he gets sacked? I started looking into that. I agree. He gets sacked too much. No one's going to disagree that he doesn't get sacked too much. The guys who get sacked the most are basically those type of quarterbacks. Like this year, the guys who got sacked the most, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. Like those guys are all top five but those are also guys who use their legs, too. Cam Newton's up there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just listed quarterbacks who... My thing on the sacks is always... You're going to get the sacks, but a lot of... On, you're, it's, it's feast or famine on the sacks, right? Sometimes these guys are going to break the tackles and make a play. My problem with the play calling is this. The, well, here's the problem with that, though. You don't want... it. I get it. But you don't want, that's not what you want. You don't want feast or famine. You want him to be, uh, you want him under pressure to be viable. Everybody's worse under pressure, but you want him to be, he's not elite, he's not an elite quarterback when he's getting rushed. No one is. No one yeah. is an elite quarterback when there's guys coming down on him. What you want him to be is able to stand in the pocket and make throws when he needs to and the bottom line is the Cowboys strategy was to come after him and Brian Schottenheimer's strategy was to not let them come pin their ears back and come back with him because we're gonna run the ball every fucking down so if we're if you think we're running every play you can't be blitzing every play nothing breaks off huge runs 
like over pursuing with a blitz and then a guy finds a gap and he's gone. So this was a, this was a chess match and the chess match was to stop you guys from blitzing Russell who's the worst in the league under with a blitz coming at him. We're going to run the shit out of the ball. And the Cowboys are like, "Okay." But here's what I would say back to that. I get that he passed the ball 27 times, which is on par with what he did all year. The problem is it wasn't working. Right. To me, you have to make an adjustment. You have to decide at halftime, kind of like we discussed with the Ravens game, you have to make a call as a coach. So Carroll has got to basically get involved and say, look, dude, we can't run the ball. We're going to have to risk it. We're going to have to let Russ loose. We're going to have because because they just could not run the ball at all. Okay, but here would be my argument to that. There I know everybody wants to say Joe you're a fucking hater and the and Russell Wilson is you know has the most wins in 7 years as a quarterback and he's never been worse than 9 and 7. Russell Wilson was 9 and 7 this year because they had the number 1 rushing 10 and 6 this year because they had the number one rushing offense in football and he was only throwing the ball 27 times per game. You don't get in the playoffs and just go, let's light that game plan on fire. Well, I, well I'm not, again, I'm not saying that. And, and I disagree with what you just said. That's not the only reason they're in the playoffs is because they're rushing. They're also in the playoffs because Russell Wilson, he threw 35 touchdown passes. He, he was third in the NFL. Like He's only throwing, again, my... Love of him is also his efficiency. He's only throwing 27 times a game, but he's also throwing at a high volume for touchdowns. Whatever. We, we've already gone down that road. I agree with you to an extent, Prano. I'm not going to disagree. You don't want to just light it on fire. But my argument on the Seahawks as a team is you have to make an adjustment. Right. That's all I'm saying. I, and, and like, like Open up the playbook a little more okay. in the second And half. again, Brian Schottenheimer was bad yesterday, but Brian Schottenheimer is who he was the whole time. The it's this isn't this isn't you know football chess on a level that the the layman can't comprehend. The Seahawks had a strategy to try to stop what they thought the Cowboys were going to do. What Tony Gonzalez expected the Cowboys to do before the game when he talked about how Russell was against the blitz. And if they change, what do you think the Cowboys do? This isn't this isn't fucking you know mastermind shit. If they start throwing every down, then the Cowboys start blitzing every down. I'm not saying it wouldn't have turned out better, yeah. but I'm just saying when you're when you're looking at your options, I get that it didn't work and I get that they lost, but it came down to a fucking. I mean, it was a two point game. When you're when you're picking your weapon, are you going to say we're going to attack this team? With the number one rushing attack in football, or we're going to have the worst quarterback in football against the Blitz drop back every play. Again, I'm not against them trying to run the ball in the first half. My big criticism of Schottenheimer is the second half. And I also want to bring in something with all the games that's played an important role, especially in that game, is special teams. You know, Tavon Austin had an amazing return. You saw some amazing returns yesterday. They lose Sebastian Janikowski, which does change the dynamic of that game. Uh, and I'm not using that as an excuse. The Cowboys outplayed the Seahawks, plain and simple. And I got to guess. Not that much. Like, it was a pretty even game. Even if you look at Dak and Russ and, you know, the, what the defenses were able to do, it's like, you know, it came down to a fucking. It was a two-point game. Dak's stats were Russ's stats. He's running into the end zone multiple times. He, he got knocked down at the 
half foot line twice. I uh, want I want to talk about both their rushing touchdowns. I think both those rushing touchdowns are the result of the new NFL rules. I watched both and I, I rewinded both those touchdowns. I felt both on both sides, the Cowboys and Seahawks defenses were scared to hit those quarterbacks. Yeah. And I'd argue that it's hurting the game. Yeah. In a way. I agree. Because I felt like these I felt like Russ and Dak got in pretty easily because defenders they don't want to deal with that penalty. Yeah, and it's and it's like again, it's such a fast game where like even if you're not, even if even if you are worried about it for one tenth of a second, but then decide you don't care, you're gonna kill them no matter what. That one tenth of a second is the difference. I agree. So I I agree with you. Yeah, I just I felt like, and I think even even Joe Buck or one of them made a comment on when Dak went in. They're like, you can see the DBs like he's not going in hard on him. Now I'm gonna say again. I agree with the Schottenheimer thing, and I agree. Like, and it was a pretty good game, but and you, it was a Dallas home game. But I'm going to say this because I, my argument has never been that Russell Wilson isn't great. My argument has been the like the overhyping. Russell Wilson is now one and four on the road in the playoffs, and to just play devil's advocate, Andrew Luck had nine third down conversions earlier that day, including every single one of his third down conversions in the first half. Many of them in a very similar situation of we they ran it, they ran it, and then he fucking threw it. To me, Saturday was one team had an elite quarterback and one team did not have an elite quarterback. Well, Andrew Luck clearly outplayed him that day. My thing, if you look at quarterbacks, Andrew Luck's had a great year. He's also been hurt a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, but he hasn't been hurt this year. No, he hasn't been hurt this year. All last year. Other years he's been hurt. I know you value that for your yeah. for your quarterback. Sure. Staying on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not deciding based on one game. Because people came at me, of course, on Twitter. But you're not taking Russell Wilson over Andrew Luck if you have a game to win tomorrow. I don't know. You would be dumb to not know. The Saturday... They, they answered. They both answered that that question. Well, me. I think there's a lot of things, a lot of factors in play there. I don't mind Russ throwing the ball a little more. Again, Andrew Luck exceptional on third down. Russell terrible. Ofer. Yeah, he was awful. Andrew Luck. That was, that was one game though. Andrew Luck. Now that he is back and playing, is the best in the game at getting rid of the ball fast. He's getting sacked less than anybody. Because he has a great, he has a great O-line. Yeah, so do the Seahawks. I, I would not say the Seahawks have a great O-line. They have what? A great trap running game? Like, it's just nonsense. Again, we'll, but, we can go in circles. This all. No, you, no, 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 you no. You don't no. have the number one rushing attack in football without a great O-line. But, you don't. But what I'm saying is this. I don't, I don't want to compare these guys. I'm not, I don't want to compare anybody off one game. I'm not. We, we, we can look at the... The full dynamic of these guys. To me, these are both great quarterbacks. I would yep. love to have both those quarterbacks on my team. I'm just saying, one game, 
He didn't get it done. But again, okay, but not one game. We you, you're about to go. You're about to. We're about to transition into Andy's big prediction. This is your big. This is your big fucking tent pole right now. It's the playoffs. Defenses get tougher. This is that argument. You get in the playoffs. Defenses get tougher. Through not over the course of one game, but over the course of the season, Andrew Luck is not getting touched because he gets the ball out fast. And that led to him converting all of his third downs in the first half of the football when of the football game when they put the Houston Texans away. Russell Wilson struggles with pressure. Played a team where they were going to blitz him a lot if he threw the ball a lot. Was over on third down, and they lost. And, and this is not a one game situation. This is a but, but you but you this are, is a who they are as people. But you're also pointing to one game. Yeah, they're different quarterbacks. We, yeah, we both agree to that. Yeah. They're completely different quarterbacks. And I love the way Andrew Luck's playing. I mean, you saw my tweets. It wasn't even done with the first quarter. Yeah. I'm confident that the Colts are going to win this week in Kansas City. I think they're playing that good of football. I think this spread is a joke to me. What's the spread? Let me pull it up. I want to say it was around five or six. I think the way the Colts, it's five and a half. The way the Colts are playing both offensively and defensively, I think they win. They looked great. Now, obviously, Houston's defense settled in. I was boobed. I was boobed. The boob got me. I mean, Bill Bryan is a fucking joke. Talk about a joke. He's a joke. Talk about a fucking joke. You know, people want to, you can shit on Brian Schottenheimer all you want. The worst offensive strategy of wildcard weekend wasn't even close. I mean, we're talking about in four games, we're talking about the Schottenheimer debacle. We're talking about not uh, taking out Lamar Jackson. And Bill O'Brien was the worst out of all of them. How many times on third down is the offensive guru who fucking was Tom Brady's quarterback coach and took over Penn State and led them to a, a remarkable eight wins in a season? Are you going to throw the ball six yards short of the marker on third down? It, it's like he doesn't understand how first downs work. You can't get a first down if you get tackled four yards short of the first down. Bill O'Brien is a fucking joke. And I tweeted about it. I tweeted at Dirty Sports. I don't know if you saw it. But mid-game, I had one of those convulse moments where all kinds of at names started flowing through my mind. Like at Texas Boy 3035 and at B. Augie. 18 and I was like, uh, half of the uh, half of the Bill O'Brien defenders I've fucking dealt with over the years have disappeared from the internet, which is fascinating. I don't know if they've killed themselves. Is it like the Back to the Future now they disappear from the picture? Yeah. They yeah. just disappear. I think they've fallen in his butt chin, never to be heard from again. <laughs> he doesn't have a good track record. He's a joke. His only playoff win is against Connor Cook. Yeah, he's a joke. He's a joke their defense is always good and he's supposed to be mr offense and i mean his play calling is a joke it's not the same as brian schottenheimer going like oh we're gonna fucking stick with what got us here there's no way that what got them there was fucking throwing the ball five yards short of the sticks on every third down how many times did they throw the ball downfield the entire game 
Colts have a good D, though, man. I'm telling you, the Colts, I have watched them play a fair amount the last month. Yeah, they have a good D. It's the playoffs. Everybody's going to have a better defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I like the Colts. I do. I didn't realize how well Mack has played this year. They have a all-around really, really good team. Yeah. And it's going to be a fantastic game. And, I, and I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm not. I'm taking the Colts to fucking win. Dude, there's the Andy Reid factor. Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game. The, the, like That to me, that, that's an unknown how Mahomes is going to play. I assume he's going to play pretty well because he's played well all year. I'm just going to say it right now, now that we're looking ahead. I think the Colts and the Chargers win. I don't know. I, I, look, I know you're on the Chargers bandwagon, and you're not about to jump off the Chargers bandwagon, but you can't look at that Chargers game and be like, oh, man, I'm so confident in how they're going to fucking play. I, I am, actually. How? I think they have a really good defense, too. Yeah, they do have a really good defense. but And the Ravens have a really good defense, but they looked lost offensively at points during that game, too. I mean, that was Lamar Jackson had negative passing yards going in the second half. It was very much a game. Bill Belichick ain't fucking. I mean, John Harbaugh, I think, is a good coach, although I'm putting a huge fucking red mark on his thing for not taking out Lamar Jackson. But I'm taking the Colts. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Chiefs and I'm taking the Pats. So you're going both favorites for, for win to win the games. To win the games. Now, we'll, when, when I'm not allowed to swear and we start talking about the spreads on Thursday. We'll see. Well, the Pats are four-point favorites right now. Yeah. And I kind of love this. I love the idea of the Colts and Chargers playing an AFC championship game in Carson out here in greater Los Angeles. Yeah, it would be awful. I don't think it's going to happen. Pretty wild, dude. Yeah. That, that, That takes both of them winning. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy, but let's let's briefly look ahead. Now, you, me, and Tug were texting last night about possibly going to Cowboys Rams playoff game. I pulled out my SeatGeek app. The Rams are hosting the Cowboys the Saturday night game here. I was looking on SeatGeek. Man, those playoff tickets are a little more pricey, huh? Yeah. I don't know what you tell me. What were they looking at? Looking at like three hundred a pop, bro, well, or two ninety with that great SeatGeek promo code. That's right. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to see your team play, download the SeatGeek app. You can use SeatGeek for any event. What I love about SeatGeek is that when you click on the ticket or the specific seat, it gives you a view of exactly what you're going to be viewing during the game. So you can see it pops up. It makes it easy to know, especially at a big stadium like the Coliseum. I always like using that. So guys, download the SeatGeek app today because you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just open the app on your phone and download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY at checkout. That's D-I-R-T-Y, promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. I'll tell you what our plan should be. Me, you, 
tug the Chabelli's tailgate party and just monitor that Seeky gap right up until kickoff. Try to pull a last minute. Ooh. Pull a last minute ticket drop. Ooh. I know Seeky, uh, they closed down their ticketing like with a little bit of time before game time. But we go, we smash to the Chabelli's uh, tailgate and uh, and we just wait. Well, the Chabelli's will, will be tailgating. I yeah. was texting with former intern Joe Chabelli. He might change his flight. He was supposed to fly back. Now, do they do Dallas barbecue for this game? Like, how does this work? I don't know, but the Chabellis, arguably best tailgate in Los Angeles for Rams game. Joe Chabellis coming back for the game? He might change his flight. So he's in town right now. Oh, wow. He goes back to school. School starts next week. He was going to fly back on Friday. To Is he flying back to Spain? No. He's no. back from Spain. Okay. Spokane. Spokane. So go back to oh right, oh right, because right, got it. Now we're uh, right. I'm I'm so confused as to what time of year it is. Okay, so he did his first semester. I mean, Shabelli, Shaboring. Don't be Shaboring. Why would you not? What are you, what are you rush to get back to Spokane for? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Change that flight, fam. Dude, I I skipped class in college for diarrhea. We're not we're not talking about fucking. This is a playoff game. Playoffs. Rams. Cowboys, and you know L.A. Coliseum is going to be full. It'll probably be halfway full of Cowboys fans. Oh, yeah. All the yofuls who've never been to Texas. Yeah. Now, you're not confident in your Rams. No. But who do you think wins the game? I think the Rams win. Yeah. I think they do, too. They're seven-point favorites right now. You you know why? Here's here's how I do it. I like to look at coaches and quarterbacks when it comes playoff time. Coaches, I'm going to give the nod to Sean McVay. Quarterbacks, I think it might be a wash. You know, Goff didn't have a good playoff game last year at home against the Falcons. You know my feelings on Jared Goff. All around, the Rams have a more talented, deeper roster. Cowboys have a much better defense. I think the Rams win in a close one. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys won, is what I'm saying. And then Eagle Saints. Saints. Yeah, we're just doing our picks now. We'll do our we'll do our against the spread picks on Thursday when I'm when I've got to be clean. Uh, but uh, I've I've been saying it since the beginning. You know, since before we were previewing the playoffs. I know this is the year everybody goes. Anybody can win. The Ravens can. The Ravens are that Ravens Chargers game is a is a Super Bowl matchup. I think it's. I think the NFC and AFC championship games are going to be the one seed versus the two seed. And I disagree. I would kind of, I said this last week, I'm kind of pulling for a Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, former Chargers quarterback. Somebody gets off the hook of our uh, gauntlet seasons that we've thrown down. Yeah. Two men enter, only one man can leave. Or, like I said during our preseason picks, if it's a Rams-Chargers Super Bowl, the fix has been in all year. All the year. Raiders like, what about us? <laughs> yeah. For LA teams. We didn't even touch on the officiating, Joe. I mean... Th- th- I'm not... Uh, in all the games. Yeah. Questionable calls. I mean, t- of course. It's ludicrous. The fumble that the ref picked up? Ludicrous. I don't understand. I don't understand the whistling plays that, like, this isn't rocket science. From now on... Let the play go. You have to let it go. You just have to. Yeah. 
that was, but he, like, there's just no way that's the interpretation of that rule. Even the the ref said, the ref said that it was a catch and a fumble. That there was just no clear recovery. But but is that more on the Eagles defense? They blew the whistle for not picking the ball. Up no, still? they they blew the whistle. The play's over. You go until the whistle. Yeah. The the Eagles defense was probably so stoked that it was called incomplete. They're like, oh, it's called incomplete. Whistle dead. We just we just stopped the guy from catching the ball. We win. We win that down. That's it. It honestly, it's more on the Bears than it is on the Eagles. The the play ended with a win for the Eagles. Only retrospectively. Did, now, if that guy thought he caught the ball, he should have got up and ran after the ball like he fumbled it and dove on it. But the bottom line is, if a clear recovery does happen after a whistle, does it even count? Players can, when a whistle's blown, you can change your lineup. You know what I mean? Like When a whistle's blown and now it's third down, your nickel guys can run out there. If the whistle had blown, could some guy have just run off the sideline and picked up the ball? Could it have been any eagle or or bear? They were saying during that game, they've never seen this ever, because it's the a preposterous situation brought on by the stupid rule change that they made this off season. Because they still have no idea in the moment how to fucking deal with not knowing what a catch is or isn't. Here's the answer: let the whole thing play out. Be late with your whistle and then fucking decide after. Let that ball be bouncing around. Let somebody pick it up. Then blow the whistle after the guy runs it all the way back if that happens or somebody picks it up and runs it in the end zone. Then blow the whistle and then be like, well, look at it. Oh, you know what? It was incomplete the whole time. Fine. How is that a bad idea? It's wild how we're still having these discussions. It'll never end. And football is the only sport where this happens. Every year. We're talking playoffs. Yeah. Can't have this shit happen. These these affect games. These affect gambling. There's, there's a lot of money involved here. Uh, do, can I talk about one of my... I mean, it wasn't for the most money, but one of my all-time favorite gambling moments. So, Saturday... I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I know the NFL has been fucking me squarely in the butt the whole season. But I was like, I can't miss Bill O'Brien favored in a playoff game. So I bet, I bet uh, the Colts money line. Fuck, easiest money ever made. So then, do you remember my prediction for the Cowboys game? Cowboys win. It's two and a half. Cowboys win, Seahawks cover. I take my winnings from... I'm like, it's free money. I put my I put my original bet back in. I take my winnings. I bet the Cowboys money line and the Seahawks with the points. Ooh. And I win them both on that fucking ludicrous two-point conversion. Because they didn't have a kicker. I was basically hedging my bet like if the Seahawks won outright, I still like make a little bit of money because the Cowboys money line is like in whatever. Yeah. But if if... 
I was like, I'm going for it. I'm going for my middle. I'm going for my middle two points. I was like, I think this comes down to a fucking Maher field goal at the end. No, it came down to a Russell Wilson two point conversion because Sebastian Janikowski's fucking canned ham of a leg fell apart. <laughs> I mean, that affected a lot of money changed hands because of that two point conversion. The minute it happened, I was like, oh. This is huge. Fantastic Saturday for me gambling-wise. And then Ray Lewis pulls me out of a Ravens bet last minute. Thank God for him. And then I was just like, after that, after that close call, I was like, I'm staying away from the fucking late game. Yeah. They're so close, And thank man. God I did because I thought the Bears were going to fucking win that game outright. So I went 0 for 2 on Saturday and 2 for 2 on Sunday. And you did the, you did well, the opposite. Well, you picked the Seahawks. To cover, which they did. Oh, I did? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you picked them to cover. You and just had them winning the game outright. If you had bet the Seahawks money line, you would have obviously lost. Yeah. Do you want me to play this clip? And, I have and a- yeah, we should and yeah, we should reiterate one more time. You did think the Texans were gonna win a playoff game with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to wear the L chain? I mean, no. That's I don't even think that's L chain worthy. That's like I mean you did. You did. You were like on the Texans. I mean, what am I talking about? Why would I? Why am I passing up opportunities to, for people to wear the L chain? Of course I do. Careful, it's all kind of a, that's going to fall. Just you I'm grab the whole. Just grab the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to pass up opportunities to the L chain. It's really not your fault. But I guess you should wear the L chain for not knowing Bill O'Brien's a giant poop. This isn't on you loving the. Te- You're not wearing the L chain for liking this Texans team. I want to say that. I'm making you wear this L chain for not knowing that Bill O'Brien is a clueless fuckbag who until this year never won 10 games at any level of football he's ever coached. His qualifications for being a head coach in the NFL are as follows. He's Tom Brady's quarterback's coach, and he went into the University of Penn State after the Sandusky thing and won eight games. Nine. Whatever. But whatever. Who cares? They weren't a fucking national title contender. They, They were nine and four. Nine and four is a fucking. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Nine and four is a wild card fucking team. I've missed a lot of takes. In fact, we I, I had Nick D'Alessandro made a video of our preseason picks, which he did an amazing job with edits. So go on YouTube, check that out. All the picks that Joe and I got wrong, some of them we got right. I had some awful picks. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, you can't you can't pick the whole NFL's fucking season. But I don't get on myself for that what i get on myself for is picking a bill o'brien team you can like deshaun jackson all you want you can like jj Watt. you can like their defense you can think deshaun or deandre hopkins is the best fucking wide receiver in football if you want but if you don't know bill o'brien's a boob at this point what are we doing here what what we're 480 episodes into this and you don't know bill o'brien's a boob i feel like i feel like my son just pissed his pants in like ninth grade you walked into your first day of freshman year of high school, you wet yourself. I don't know. I, I had a moment. And I like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Sure. He's a great quarterback. Do, do he I looked wanna, awful yesterday, by the way. Yeah, he didn't look good. Or Saturday. Do we want to play or do we want to move on? I mean, we're already an hour 22. Sure. What, I mean, I'm, I'm freshly back off okay. of fucking Palm Springs, Arizona. I've got, I've got, the, I've this got Bill, desert air in my blood. There's this Bill Polian clip. Not Bill Polian. Uh, he's the former GM of the Colts. Uh, Jim Ursay, owner of the Indianapolis Colts. 
you know he's you know he's had a DUI, he's a, he's a pill popper, he's a drunk. The guy's a disaster. His post game speech after the win in Houston is a disaster. Can't wait to hear it. Let's let's throw this on. It is just a nightmare. All right, so let me pull this up. Where we got here? So again, this is Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, trying to hype the guys up. It, it it's such a disaster. I'm pulling this from Deadspin.com. They actually had somebody transcribe it. Okay. I mean, you can understand what he's saying. I think they went a bit far with that, right. but. He's 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 a fucking disaster. All right, let me play this. Yes, uh, guys, congratulations! A tremendous job. Um, as coach said, clean game. Love it when you guys play a clean game. No stupid penalties. I mean, coach and I always talk about it. Why hold on kicker punt returns? How many kicker <laughs> punt returns happen in a year? About this many. Okay, smart. You guys played smart. And yep. coach and I talked a little bit before I came in here. And you know me, I'm yeah, always got. I, I, I'm a I'm a rainmaker. You know, I'm not. It's party time though for you guys. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna stop it there. What? What I love in this video is look at the players and also look at Frank Reich. Like they have the look of a drunk sorority girl just walked in our locker room to give us a speech. And can, I'd like to say this: as awkward as this is, this is one million times less awkward than Ray Lewis coming out of the tunnel. Oh yeah, I agree. I, 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 I like Jim Ursay. If they if they had Jim Ursay come out of the tunnel and do the Ray Lewis dance, it'd be less awkward than Ray Lewis. But where's he even looking? I'm sure he's looking at somebody. We can't see. He's just not looking at Frank Reich. So the only thing I'm going to say, because we win as a team and lose as a team, as Coach said. Damn it, man, we can play better, okay? Yeah. Damn it, we can play better. I know we can play better. Wow. But I am so proud of you guys. I, I can't even, you know, win it on the road. What you guys did, I, I mean, 14-point deficit, just incredible stuff. And like I said, we... Wait, what? I think he, I think he meant 14-point victory. Okay. He's drunk. Win as a break. team, we lose as a team. Always win three <laughs> phases of the game. We're team, team, team. No one gets singled out for good, bad, or indifferent, as Coach said. But you know me. Is that Andrew Luck? Yeah. I know you guys, and you got more in the tank, okay? Like 31 yeah, points, luck. maybe, maybe, you know. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a Scrooge. I'm not Scrooge. I love you guys. Love it. Love it. Yes, I got. How lit is he? Yeah. I actually like that he's just a drunk. Uh, yeah, actually, he seems like a fun guy. You know, I, I think uh, if I recall, I'm pretty sure him and Hunter S. Thompson had a relationship. So that that always makes oh, me, yeah. makes me like a guy. Ursay's the friend who bust out like the acid at the party when you shouldn't bust out the yeah. acid at the party. I don't know. We should be taking acid. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you shouldn't. You're our starting quarterback. <laughs> when, when Jim Ursay takes acid, everybody sounds like Andrew Luck. <laughs> Would you like another beer, sir? Why is my waiter Andrew Luck? <laughs> hey, what the fuck is Andrew Luck doing? I mean, Andrew Luck needs to go see Trippy. He's got, like, what is his hair situation? 
He's going with like long on the sides, short on the top, beard, weird mustache. Like somebody's got to clean up Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck ain't getting too many fucking. If if this if he goes on to a, a Super Bowl run, I mean, that that's like a multi million dollar thing when you're a quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to look sharp, especially. I mean, he's but, not doing st- stay form. <laughs> But I think that's his charm. Like that's that's the marketing angle for Luck is that he looks like a disaster and he doesn't care. I mean, yeah, but what's he gonna do? Fucking, he was he gonna be the spokesman for Frankenberries? Beef jerky? Yeah, yeah, like he's, the one with the Yeti. He's the new Yeti. Andrew Luck is the Yeti. <laughs> fucking, was it uh, Jax Links? Yeah, Jax Links. We eat him <laughs> in the locker room. Is that a Yeti? That's what. Yeah, that's what. I don't know. I mean, it's limited. I'm Frankenstein. Eat Frankenberries <laughs> right on your cereal shelf next to Count Chocula. <laughs> Slap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. We could go and get 30 next week. Well, look who we got playing each other. You got Kermit the Frog, Patrick Mahomes against Andrew Luck. Yeah. We need a side-by-side with those guys yeah. giving a press conference. <laughs> we got to preview the college football national championship tonight. Great. Clemson is five-and-a-half-point underdogs against Bama. It's, uh, it's in California. It's up north where the Niners play in Santa Clara. Who do you like and why? Alabama. Uh, I like them because they're Alabama. I'm not much of a college football guy, but... Uh Look, I, I in the in the Alabama games I've watched this year, I haven't seen a whole lot of reason not to believe in Alabama. I know uh, that Clemson's QB has been playing fantastic. I saw a, freshman a story that he's like uh, the, some sort of perfect pro prospect. I mean, I think it's always a little early to make that decision, but I'm going to say freshman, and that you know he's come in in the middle of the season. Uh, I'm taking Alabama. I I think that they, it's not all that close. I think it's a ten point game, and yeah, I don't know. Part of me really, Clemson's defense is amazing. Yeah, this is one of those rare years where Bama's offense is better than their defense. Yeah, I've never seen that happen actually. Their D is fucking good. Yep. It's great. Clemson's defense is great. I think they cover. What's the spread? Five and a half. Okay, but I like Bama to win. But I think it's a good game. So you're saying 10. I, I think it goes either way. I think we're talking a three or four point game or a 17 point game. Does that make sense? Like, I think it's either a really close game. I don't see like a 10, 11 point game. I don't see it kind of in the middle. I think either Bama blows them yeah, out. I'm, I'm saying 10 to 14. Okay. Gotcha. I, I saw, but, you I know, saw, I, look, I, I get that Clemson has had uh, a run here in the last fucking. By the way, for, for all the, you know, what I love about what I love about college sports fans is like the college sports fans will always come after pro sports fans and be like, "Oh, really? You love uh, Cleveland Golden State every year? Have we been playing Clemson, Alabama in the national championship game for a fucking decade at this point? Like every year, it's the same two teams. Like, yes, every year it's Clemson and Alabama. And guess what, college basketball fans." Duke's winning the national championship. Mark the date and time. They're winning it. 
anything can happen in March Madness. Yeah, anything can happen. Duke's winning it. Ooh, you're going out on a limb on that one, huh? I'm not going out on a limb. <laughs> I'm taking the far, by far the most talented team in the country. I'm taking Duke. Well, this NFL weekend reiterated why an expanding playoffs for college football would be so much more entertaining. Dude, the I mean, we talked about it obviously when when uh I was in Palm Springs after I'd watched those bowl games, but the argument is really fucking simple. Everybody thought everybody thought that Georgia deserved to be there. Everybody that considers them some sort of college football expert is like, if you really want the best team in, regardless of them losing, it's Georgia. Georgia lost to the fifteen team in the country in Texas. We're asking for a. 16, they got dominated too. We're asking for a sixteen-team playoff. It's over. I, I some guy was still trying to argue with me. I hit him with a Willy Wonka meme. I'm like, you lose, you get nothing. <laughs> like this, this. It, I I hit him with a Willy Wonka meme. I mean, when the fifteen Texas team beats Georgia, it's over. Like if you're still arguing against the sixteen-team playoffs, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Yeah, you were going at some people. Yeah, because they're fucking. Because the thing is, I used to love college football. And uh, this whole thing has made it the joke that it is. You want you want fucking people who understand sports back? Make sixteen. Make it sixteen. Yeah, the regular season wouldn't matter. <laughs> One of the fucking shittiest, dumb. Like That's, that, that might be the worst take of all. It's the worst take of all. The worst take of all. The regular season when the regular season matters at every level of sports. Yeah. At every level. Would the regular season have mattered for SEC team Tennessee this year? It would have, right? Because they, they were not a they were not a top sixteen team. So they wouldn't be in because they didn't have a good regular season in the SEC. The regular season hundred percent matters. If you want in, if you want in the top sixteen, you better be a zero or one loss team outside of a power five conference. It the regular season ma- would have mattered. The regular season would have mattered for every team in the Pac twelve. One team in the Pac twelve was a fucking top sixteen team. One. Washington. Do you know also, and I didn't know this till Maybe well, maybe it was Washington State up there too. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the point is, U- USC, UCLA, Stanford, none of those teams there. Did you know ESPN, well, Disney technically since they're the parent company. Did you know Disney owns over half the bowl games? That's ludicrous. So I didn't know this. Yeah. My brother Brad told me this. He goes, look this up. I always thought these, the, you know, the fucking Beefo Brady Bowl. I thought they owned that bowl. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're a sponsor. Yeah. So if you look it up, guys, Disney owns over half the bowl games. They own the rights and they solicit sponsors, you know, slap their PlayStation Fiesta Bowl or whatever the fuck it's going to be, which I think is very interesting. And that says a lot. So the argument of money and bowls moving some of those bowl games to... It's the same it bullshit that you don't know about everything. There's two fucking, there's two cell phone companies. There's three, you know, cable companies. There's two rental car providers. There's fucking three big box stores. It's all a fucking monopoly. It's all monopoly. It's all money. It's all money. And, I, and Disney's like, how do we make it? Let's own them all. Yeah. It's basically what Amazon's doing. Yeah. Amazon owns every, Amazon still doesn't even turn a profit. Yeah. That's wild. 
they still don't even turn a profit. Well, but, when they own everything, then they can charge whatever they want. Then they'll own a profit. Exactly. Yeah. Don't trust Amazon. I, I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> I know. It sucks. I did see that the NFL, or the college football playoff tickets for this championship game are way lower. It's the same two teams, and it's in Santa Clara. That's why. No one wants to fucking go. They're basically saying people from Clemson, people from Bama, God knows their heads would explode when they fly into liberal California. Yeah. Like, they don't want to fly all the way out here. Last year's game was in Atlanta. Yeah. They're like, what? we're going to be walking into just an army of Mexican people that are stabbing us because, you know, they're all murderous immigrants. Like, guys, stop watching Fox News. Immigrants aren't coming across the border murdering and raping people. I wish more immigrants did come across the border because that means more fucking taco stands. I want a taco stand on every single block in America. Who doesn't love a taco stand? I only need the one on, on the block that I live by. That one's great. Man, do, do I, does my system need to get adjusted to it more? Yeah, it hasn't been giving me problems. That one's pretty good. And so cheap. The one by Gold's Gym is really cheap, but they haven't been coming out as much. Yeah, my gang's consistent. They come out with their lights, they come out with their generators, they come out with their fucking spit that they're slicing things off of. You guys are over there every day with a truck. I told you my idea, right? I don't know how it would work with filming. I want to do a weekly video where I just go to taco stands. Not food trucks. Taco stands. Not food trucks. Not food trucks. Not food trucks. Taco stands. (laughs) Taco stands all over Los Angeles and review them. And the catch is that I'm stoned. But I worry that... I love that that's a catch. The catch is... The catch is, how do I find them when I'm stoned? But I don't think they would allow me to film them. I think that's going to be a problem, right? So I go to the taco stand. Those guys don't give a fuck. Well, just especially if, they, if they're not technically legal. I, they probably worry about their safety. You, you think if I showed up and somebody was trying to film me... Yeah, they'd be fine. And then I interview people there. They don't give a fuck. Maybe one in a f- one in five. I kinda Trust like- me, the poli- the L A the Pacific Division of the LAPD know that the same guys are on fucking Brooks and Lincoln every day with that hot one dollar taco action. They're probably eating it. Yeah, I'm sure they are. This is why we need an intern, Prano. I need an intern to drive me and film. If you're out there, dirt balls, slide into the old DMs. I've gotten a few responses. If you're serious about it, though, only serious inquiries. Isn't that what they say? Serious inquiries only. Serious inquiries only? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. Okay. NBA. Let's cover a few topics. Tom Thibodeau. Bye. Done. You out. It's a weird firing. After they won, too. They won huge. It's a weird firing because, I mean, it seems like, well, first of all, there's like, where are, where do the, where do the Wolves even sit? Like, it's not. They're not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, but it's not a desperate situation for anybody. I believe they're 19 and 21. Yeah. So what are they, like two games out of the playoffs? The Lakers are the eight seed last time I looked. 
Yeah, Minnesota's 19 and 21. The Lakers at the eighth seed are 21 and 19. So they're two games out. And you got rid of one of your best players earlier in the year. I look, I'm not a Tom Thibodeau defender. Defender by any means. The the I think the NBA has passed him by. Like if if you ain't if you ain't on the Mike D'Antoni train these days, you probably don't have a place. But the point is we already knew that. So if you're the Timberwolves, like why are you doing that now? The timing was peculiar. For sure. Yeah. Can we can we read can I read you the the quotes from the great Derrick Rose who is I mean this this warms my heart. I feel like the guy's a fucking like is is Derrick Rose going to be in my cabinet? Here's Rose on how he goes forward without Tibbs. I have a lot of confidence in myself. Tibbs was just the coach that believed in me. He jump-started my career again, and for that, I'll always be thankful. But if everybody that thinks that is going to stop, kill yourself. Wait, wait, repeat that? <laughs> yeah. But for everybody that thinks that's going to stop, kill yourself. Later in the session, Rose also used that phrasing again. Like I said, for everybody that thinks I'm not going to play the same way, kill yourself because I believe in myself. Can we get the Joe Prado gif with Derrick Rose's face? Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. I mean, is Derrick Rose a Joe Prado stand? Sounds like he's been listening to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that a guy would say that. Team Kill Yourself has just added Derrick Rose. It's a good one to add. I know. Former MVP. Former Nick disaster, but you know what? We'll give him a, we'll give him a pass. If he's signing a lifetime contract with Team Kill Yourself. It sounds like the, the Wolves are just, they're going to blow everything up. Yeah. But then I also saw that they're interested in... Hoiberg? Exactly. Yeah. That's your answer? Fred Hoiberg, who did what with the Bulls? I mean, I, t- to be fair, the Bulls roster is a debacle, but yeah, I hear you. I guess if you're gonna, I mean, who knows? That's why it's a weird, very weird timing. You just you're what the, the goal is you're gonna build around Carl Anthony Towns. Well, it has to be the goal. Who else are you building around? Not Wiggins. I mean, he's a nice piece, but you're not building around him. No, definitely not. Lakers fucking suck. I'm sorry. Well, the Lakers. This is is this news? No, the Lakers. I'm sick of saying this every episode, but like they were down to the T Wolves at the, at one point, twenty six to three. They fucking suck without LeBron, and I, and I'm gonna keep reiterating. Brandon Ingram is garbage. Get him off the fucking team. You know who else sucks without LeBron? The Cavs, the Heat, everybody, every team LeBron's ever been on sucks without LeBron. LeBron's the best player of all time. It's not close. Stop it. Look at what happens to teams when LeBron James leaves. The end. That's the argument. That's the argument. That's the only argument you need. Well, maybe if he didn't... Stop it. Stop it. The Cavs, Heat, and Lakers are lottery teams without LeBron James. With him, contenders and champions. To the first two. Did you see the video that... Our boy Barry McCockner made about the bad boys defense. Yeah. 
playing against Jordan. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Bad boy, the defense. I saw one I saw one of the dirt balls going back and forth with someone on our Twitter feed about Jess, that. Just here's my advice. Here's my advice. I have spent uncountable hours fighting Jordan stands, Kobe stands. Let me let me say this first of all. If you're don't ever fight a Kobe stand again. I'm never I'm never doing it again. The, Kobe stands are like you're there. It's a joke. Like to make the argument that Kobe is in LeBron James fucking world. It lives in the same solar system, let alone the fucking same universe as LeBron James is a joke. It's wrong. You're stupid. You don't know basketball. You're you and you show that you don't know basketball and it's hilarious. Honestly, at this point, it's almost that way with Jordan. It's almost. I mean, they're obviously they're in the same fucking conversation. They're in a conversation for who's the greatest of all time. But like, look at what happens when LeBron James leaves the team for six games. The fucking wheels come off. The Bulls were two wins short of where they were when Michael Jordan left. Two wins short. It really is a tough argument to go against from the opposite side. It really is. Enos Cantor. Enos. The old Enos. Penis Enos. This have you are you following this turkey shit? Oh yeah. It's fucking wild. Yeah. Well, he said for a while that he thinks that the the Turkish government's out to murder him. Yeah, so the Knicks are going to Which London. Which would honestly be sort of a nice uh thing for our cap situation. <laughs> So the Knicks are going to London, and he's not going because he thinks Turkish spies are going to try to kill him in yeah. England. Yeah. I, he truly believes all this stuff. He has for a long time. He's been outspoken about it. So, I mean, look, he's barely playing for the Knicks, which I don't really understand, except I guess that they're in full tank mode, which is fine with me, honestly. Um, so fuck it. Don't go. I don't care. The only reason I want him to go is because, like, I don't know how that works with the cap. Like, what if you, what if, if he does get murdered, do we get cap relief? It would be like trading his, you know, is it, would it be the same thing as if we traded his expiring contract? Because if so, great. But I guess I don't want him to get murdered because I want to be able to trade his expiring. So yeah, stay home, stay home, Enos. I was reading he only leaves the states now. To play up in Toronto against the Raptors. Like, that's the only time he leaves. He doesn't even leave the States now. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Even when you say, I think people are going to murder you or murder me. And it'll be that much more protected when the wall goes up. It's going to be great. So much wall. Spiked wall. The spiked (laughs) fence wall. (laughs) Dude, I'm fucking. I mean, we're in Arizona all weekend. And, you know, it's big fucking. Republican country down there. Yeah. And they love the wall because, like, my, they, but like, I can't even, I, you know me, I don't do political shit on stage for the most part. Did you? All, all I can do is the wall shit because the wall shit just cracks me up. This guy is unbelievable with the wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. And by Mexico, I mean the Americans that I'm now referring to as Mexico. <laughs> like, this guy, I'm going to shut the government down and put up a fence wall. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. You shut down the government. So to try to get a wall, like, Dude, who cares? It's like, 
we I joke uh, at this point. I'm pretty sure we've run off all those people from the show, from the Kaepernick thing to whatever. But like, do we have fans? I I want to. I always ask because I want to have like a conversation with you. Who are you? Like, write me if you want the wall. I gotta hear it. I gotta hear about it. I gotta hear about it. What's the wall argument? That that Mexicans are coming over here to rape and murder people. But I don't think people are really saying that. <laughs> they are. No, 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 no. Hold, That's hold, what Fox News is saying. Hold, hold on a second. I'm I'm just trying to think from like somebody who listens to our show. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I would say they wouldn't say that. They'd probably say they took the jobs. The terrorists. I, I, look, I'm saying what they would probably say that terrorists are coming from Mexico. Look, dude. Why why aren't terrorists going into Canada where we don't have a wall? I don't know. I like I'm I'm saying this because I, I I it doesn't even make me angry. You know me. Politics does not upset me anymore. I've complete like I, I'll get worked up about like it being a completely broken system. But like Trump's just like a part of that. Like he it cracks me up more than anything. And I say this in a totally not the way I say like come at me about Kaepernick or come at me about Jordan. Like I want to know. I'm saying this in a complete. I welcome you. I need to hear it. Like. Who, what if you're a dirtball and you want the wall? Like, message me, slide into my DMs. Like, I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it from like an actual human being that's not on fucking, that's not a Twitter bot or like some Fox News or like who who wants this wall? Who are you? I gotta know. I gotta. It cracks me up. The amount of people in Arizona who are like just mentioned the wall and they were freaking out. It was hilarious. I gotta know. Please message me. I I, I say this. To- totally honestly, I won't come at you with anger. I need to know. Give me your real reason on like wanting us to put up some sort of medieval castle wall between us and Mexico. Will the wall have a moat? I know, right? I'm, I'm all, the, I'm all well, for you know, a moat. It's not going to have a moat because it's going to be a slatted wall. <laughs> the moat would come through the slats. That's a fence, by the way. The definition of a fence is a slatted wall. That's the actual Merriam-Webster definition. We should make a it, slatted wall. You know what they should do with the wall? They should have. I've never watched it, but they run so many damn previews for it. That Gladiator Games with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, the, they. We should have. See, Trump's a reality TV guy. Yeah, Trump should partner with Dwayne. Mexican Ninja Warrior. Can you climb the wall? <laughs> yeah, and if they can climb the wall, and there's slides, and there's you know different obstacles that they have to overcome. Like old extreme elimination challenge, like the Japanese guys. Yeah, so if the people who want to come over, and this includes anybody, people from El Salvador, Guatemala, you name it, in South America. The caravan, they're yeah. coming. Yeah, if they come. And Most if- extreme caravan challenge. <laughs> and if they can make it. We're going to set up ramps, drive your caravan over. <laughs> I truly feel like there's people that like think that it's like Beverly Hillbillies. Remember when they fucking drove out and the whole family was like on yeah. top of the fucking thing? Yeah. Just like a bunch of Mexicans leaning out the window. We're a caravan. Exactly. It's a fucking Oregon Trail. What are we talking about here? I gotta hear from you guys. I need to. I like this idea of a of a, of a reality show. Yeah. Oh, oh, you 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 crossed it. Then you get to go. Yeah. And your whole family gets to cross. <laughs> that is that's what we do right now. You you elude the border patrol. You go across the fucking Rio Grande. You get to come to America. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What people would say to you? I, I, really- got, I know that's the thing. I'm, oh, I'm 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 not doing this with anger in me. I think it is like it makes me laugh 
that people want to put up a wall on the southern border of the United States. It makes me fucking laugh. I get you got you talking about you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you're talking about Russell Wilson. You're talking about Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, fucking, you know, Eli Manning. Like some of that shit, I'll be like, "This is why you're fucking wrong." Like I don't. Even, this is I say this with complete opening arms. I'm welcoming you to the border that is my Twitter and Instagram DMs. Please give me one reason that you want a whole wall on the southern border. I think of the I know States. who it is. Who is it? It's not our listeners. I think it's very. Ignorant people, and, and by that, it, it's ignorant white trash people. I mean, look again, uneducated, ignorant white trash. Again, like I said, we, I've dealt with it with like the Colin Kaepernick thing, and that gets me angry because I'm like, oh, you're a fucking. But like, we have some of those people who listen to the show. No, I know. That's why I got to hear from you. I'm, I'm saying I won't. Respond I don't think to, I don't think you'll get a single. I won't tweet. respond in anger. I need to know about the. Wall. I don't think you'll get a single tweet. This is my connection to the people. This is how I connect with, you know, or my fans, our listeners. All right. Well, you know how I want to connect to the fans? Oh, yeah. Call. By the way, if you have a wall, call. <laughs> call call the hotline with the wall. Let's do some calls. We haven't done calls forever. The hotline is 310-359-8365. And in fact, you know what? I am actually, we, we, it's been so long since we've done it. Dude, do I even have... Do I even have the fucking intro song? How long has it been since we played that? Right? Oh, yeah. I don't even know where it's at anymore. Jesus, it's been that long, Prano? It's been that long since we've done... I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just play the calls. Um, okay. Let's start off. Who do we got here? By the way, just well, since the show's been on... Since the show's been on, I've been tagged by 15 people that Derek Rose is telling people to kill themselves. Oh, nice. You've been tagged by 15 people? E- literally everything is. Look at, my, look at my mentions right now. It's all people telling me that D. Rose told people to kill himself. Oh, and then now Derek Rose, oh, the most recent one from six minutes ago. He apologized. I messed up by using the slang term kill yourself today in response to a question about whether I can continue to perform without Coach Tibbs. I did not mean it literally and regret using it, so I apologize. Kill yourself for apologizing, Derek Rose. He's off Prano 2020. He's not on. You're out. He's not in the cabinet. All right, let's get, let's get to some calls. These are some old ones, but I, I scoured and, and grabbed some today before the show. Let's see what we got here. What's going on, fellas? This is Jew. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the... Hold on. This is Jew? I, that's what I thought he said. I was. Let me rewind this. This is Jew? What's going on, fellas? This is Jew. Uh... <laughs> He's like, it's Jew Smith-Schuster. <laughs> oh, it's really better if you call yourself Juju. <laughs> All right. Let's continue with this call. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit about the NBA, about how maybe the trajectory of how MLB has gone. Um, you know, NBA, everything now is the three-pointer, the three-pointer, the three-pointer. Kind of like how, you know, 20 years ago, everything was the home run. And then fast forward 20 years later, everything, it's only the home run, where it's a, literally guys can't hit a single, where there's no one playing third base, and they just can't hit a little blooper that way. And so we know that eventually, you know, people are catching up with the Warriors with the whole three-point shot. And so now kids in college and high school are only going to be shooting a three. And the main focus is 
Ben Simmons, um, how everyone talks about how unbelievable this guy is. He's great. He's this, he's that. And just yesterday, he shot a jumper, and his entire bench stood up. He, he didn't even make the shot, but they were ecstatic that he actually shot a jump shot. This guy's supposed to be one of the top 20 players in the NBA, and he's a guard, and he cannot shoot a 15-foot. He can't even shoot a 10-foot jumper. So I was wondering, like, the three-point shot, it's entertaining as fuck and, you know, keeps every game, everyone in it. But the fact that there's pretty much that's where the only thing that's going to happen in the NBA in the next 10 years, if that's a negative for the NBA. Thanks, guys. Um. Well, what was the record that the Kings and Warriors just set? Yeah, some absurd fucking crazy number of threes made. This isn't going anywhere. No, it's not. Um, I think it's good for the NBA. So here's what I think. I think it's I think the casual NBA fan is going away. I think NBA Twitter, like, you know, the people that are NBA Twitter like I think the people that are involved in that, the people that watch it, the people that follow it, led by Supreme Leader Worldwide Wob. Yeah, <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob. Uh, the the guy, those like the the NBA super fan is growing, and the NBA casual fan is probably dying a little bit because the casual NBA fan doesn't appreciate that aspect of the game. When in reality, yes, the three-pointer is only going to continue to increase, especially as we get more and more of the freak unicorns. That, like Soon unicorns aren't going to be unicorns. Soon unicorns are just going to be horses. You know what I mean? Like The unicorn population is breeding. It used to be you called something a unicorn because it was like one of them in the woods. Did I even really see that? But now we're talking about... You know, like just name the guys off the top of your head who are six ten to seven feet tall that can you know shoot threes on the regular. You know, um, those unicorns are going to be ever. So yeah, as more and more guys. But the bottom line is, every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction. The physics people. The way that the NBA has shifted toward the three. I don't know that the answer is suddenly going to be that, you know, Popovich is going to find, you know, two giant eight footers to just make layups. But there's going to be some sort of reaction to this style of play that's going to shift it somewhere else. You look at the Mike D'Antoni. This is this is the Mike D'Antoni era, by the way. Like, I, I know everybody wants to fucking crush me for being a Mike D'Antoni sliver, but like. He, the dude's responsible for this, and it's somebody is going to come around. Some other coaching genius is going to come around and have the next evolution of it. I'm not smart enough to know what that is, but it's not. It's it's certainly not going to be five human beings standing in an arc of the three point well, line I, just shooting three. Well, I've thought about this actually. The next evolution of the NBA. We need a four-pointer. No, that's not what we need. Yeah, we do. What is this, rock and jock? We need a four-pointer. Why would we need a four-pointer? The, the, the It's too easy for these guys now. I'm being dead serious, by the way. We don't need a four-pointer. We need a four-pointer. <laughs> 
We need a. That's my take. We need a four pointer. It's but that's only so the your solution. I'm not saying that this is a problem, but I'm saying this guy is sort of posing it as is it a problem? And your solution is we have to go deeper. You're doing the inception, like we have to go deeper. Yeah, let's make Brum. let's make the four pointer four pointer Brum. five feet and back of the current. Let's do it. And then the twenty pointer, the basket that comes down at the end of the half. Let's do it. <laughs> Look, man, basketball foresaw all this NFL stuff, basically with the touchdown celebrations and the the, the special teams. Shout out to David Zucker, the great, the legend. That's what I'm saying. If you haven't seen basketball. Go immediately to your local video store and buy it or rent it. If you watch those celebrations in the movie Basketball and then you watch a current NFL Sunday from touchdowns to turnovers, they foresaw that. Yeah. So I'm telling you right now, we need a four-pointer. This is where the game needs to head. The games are already high-scoring. Let's make it more interesting. If we go to the four-pointer, you realize when, when you start getting into like dystopian futures, 25 years from now, all teams are being coached by a Mike D'Antoni clone and have just mastered like an actual physical clone of his body. There's just like 32 different D'Antonis coaching basketball teams in different of robots shooting four, four-pointers. Yeah. That's where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure what his point was about Ben Simmons in there. I wasn't sure either. Uh, but uh, that he can't shoot. Yeah, and people were losing their mind. Yeah, but Ben Simmons still like you still need somebody to put like the thing about the three pointer is the reason the NBA is fantastic now is because the ball movement and the speed of the game is on a level that we've never seen before. That's why the whole Jordan against the fucking piston, like you watch that shit. It's not even the same game, man. No. No one was making the skip. Like when I always argue LeBron James is the best passer of all time, like it's not even close. He's throwing passes, distances, and speeds with accuracy that no one ever, like not Stockton, not Malone, not kid, not sorry, not Malone, obviously, not Stockton, not Magic, not kid. No one was throwing these, you know, one-handed baseball style hockey passes. Like it's not even close. The way the amount of movement of the ball, not just like ball movement as we know it, like I'm past you, you pass to him, like the skipping people, the distances, the ball is moving. It's a different game, and. You're always going to need a Ben Simmons type. Now, obviously, it'd be great if Ben Simmons could learn to shoot, you know, the way, you know, uh, Jason Kidd has, the way Ricky Rubio has. Like, And he probably will. Uh, hopefully, at some point, Rondo didn't, um, but at some point, he'll probably get better. But you're always going to need a guy that facilitates that ball movement one way or the other. You drive it in, and that frees up people to start going, whoosh, 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 whoosh. And, and passing it around. It's a game. It's it's Basketball has gotten to a level I truly never saw it going. And I was a fucking... And I, as a basketball player, I was a three or the basket. I, I had zero mid-range game. And it was always a criticized. And I was like, why, am I, why would I stop here? 
here's three, or I'll just go all the way to the rack. And that's kind of what it's become. But I never saw it going. I saw that happening, but I never saw this ball movement happening the way it is. It's fucking amazing. I love the NBA. Well, let's get to another call. So if you're asking if it's bad for the NBA, not I have a gigantic NBA boner, so not for me. What's up, Andy and Joe? It's your boy, the legal adult, M. Burgess Jr., calling in from Somersworth, New Hampshire. Um, lovely Somersworth, New Hampshire. Uh, I'm just scrolling through the old Instagram, looking at the speculations of head coaching jobs and seeing uh, Bruce Arians is interested in the Bucks, which I thought was a little odd at first. Um, but they have a very talented defense. Um, Bruce Arians is a great defensive coach. I think if he went there, they could they could really do something. So, uh, yeah, that's all I really had to say, honestly. Uh, do you guys? What do you guys think? Do you think that they would still be a train wreck organization? Do you think that Bruce Arians could turn something like that around? All right, condoms are for pussies, I guess. Fucking and stupid jokes. Well, M. Burgess, I don't know if you're indulging in some of that cannabis in college, but Bruce Arians is an offensive coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then he became the coach of the Colts because Chuck Pagano got cancer. Yeah. He, so he's an offensive side of the... the now, game. he has had good defenses when he was in Arizona, and he had, obviously, Todd Bowles, I believe, right, was their defensive coordinator. And then Bechter, like, that. that's not to say that he doesn't have the ability... Like, first of all, I think Bruce Arians is a great head coach. But he is certainly uh, his career is from the offensive side of the ball, which is why I didn't understand Bruce Arians' love of Tampa Bay because there's just no way he believes that Jameis Winston is the guy to hitch his wagon to. And also, I didn't understand the Bruce Arians' outright dismissal of wanting to be the coach in Green Bay. I mean, I guess if Tug Coker's, you know, inside. Uh, you know the the industry hot takes or any maybe like everybody hates Aaron Rodgers or something like the fucking Chris Rock sitcom with Aaron Rodgers. Everybody hates Aaron. Well, here's what I like about Arians going to Green Bay. He loves wearing that Kangol hat. Yeah, there's a, it's an easy replacement. You take the Kangol hat and you put a cheese yeah. foam cheese hat on him. But also like Arians, Aaron, Aaron, Arians, like seems perfect. Yeah, what a great match. I don't like Tampa Bay. I don't. I don't like that situation down there. For who? For anybody? For anybody? Like, if I'm looking at job openings right now, Tampa Bay is low on the list. I'd put Tampa Bay lower than Arizona, than Arizona, than the Jets. I still, I'd still put it above Cincinnati because I don't want to deal with that Bengals ownership. Let's be honest. Who wants to be in Ohio? Can I say something also? My brother John is obsessed with the show Live PD. Have you ever seen Live PD? You know, it's funny. I, I saw my first preview for it because you know I'm watching Surviving R. Kelly, yeah. which is on Lifetime. Live PD is like a live yeah. version of Cops. Yes. It, John was making me watch it while we were in Palm Springs. It looks amazing. It's all in Ohio. <laughs> like there's a million, Columbus, Cincinnati, just people driving around Ohio fucking breaking the law. I was like, man, I hated Ohio already. This is bad. Is that is that on Lifetime? Do you know? I think it is. Yeah, it's on one of those channels. I want to watch it. 
I, we watched like 20 episodes of it. Yeah. John was obsessed with it. I got to hit him up, by the way. Thanks for reminding me. And St. Compassi would be next week. You got, dude, he's like, he, I'm telling you, he wants to go. As w- a juggalo. Yeah, with, with or without you. He's like, I want to go to a juggalo concert. I'm like, what? <laughs> he also, by the way, knows the guy who runs the Whiskey A Go-Go. He like wants to get you VI Posse. What? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He's like desperate to go with you. Give me his number after the show. I'll hit okay. him up. Love this. All right, let's do one more call for the day. Give me a second. Oh, why is this not working? Come on, Skype. Skype. The official telecom sponsor of the Dirty Sports Podcast. It's just this one call. It's I'm trying to get my boy salad underscore breadsticks. Click on some other call and then come back to it. Let me see what else we got. All right, let me see. Eh, it's just it froze up. Oh, here we go. Hey boys, it's the number one queer ball, uh, Charlie here, with a with a bit of a bit of a uh, hypothetical to get Ruther's blood boiling. Uh, just watched the Browns game. Haven't watched a lot of American football this year, but uh, I caught that caught that Browns game, and uh, I couldn't help but notice that Baker Mayfield uh, most uh, most touchdowns by a rookie quarterback uh, ever, literally ever, in three less starts than Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. So I, I'm just going to throw this out there: Is Baker Mayfield better than Russell Wilson? Condoms are for Hugh Jackson for not starting for not starting my boy those first uh, three games. Uh, big ups to the to the real fisherman chat and Prano for uh, for for giving me a lot of support earlier this year uh, when I went to the hospital. Big ups to you guys. Thank you. All right, see ya. Well, Charlie, great to hear your voice. Glad you're uh, healthy and happy and have the uh, ability to call up the Dirty Sports Hotline and fucking grenade troll Andy Ruther. (laughs) (laughs) He's like... Let's see if Ruther jumps out his window. Come on, I'm not biting, Charlie. I know what you're doing. I'm not not biting on this Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson. Get out of here with that stuff. Get out of here with that stuff. That is an interesting stat, though, I will say. I did not know that he threw the most yeah. touchdown passes for in three last game. In, in obviously not starting because he wasn't starting because Tyrod Taylor was healthy. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, I, I don't think any of those teams are going anywhere in that division. So again, he's not in an easy division. Just to like, oh, Baker's taking over. Like, good luck. You got. Four games a year with the Steelers and Ravens, and then the Bengals are still a rivalry. So it's like, I don't know. There's no gimme wins out of six of his games every year. So we'll see. He had a, he had a really good rookie year, though. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm not feeling too dangerous right now. <laughs> All right. So should we try this again? Oh, we have a we have a lot. Oh no, that's that's someone actually calling me. Okay, let's try salad underscore breadsticks again. Let's see if we, what we got here.
What's going on here? Uh, my new name on Instagram now is Chupacabro. Hold on. Let's Wait, look. what? Let's Chupacabro? Hey, guys. This is Salad uh, and Breadsticks. Uh, my new name on Instagram now is Chupacabro, and I would like to be referred to that as such. Chupacabro. Hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I'm barely catching up on the two episodes from Monday and Thursday. Uh, I really missed you guys. But real quickly, uh, I had an idea you guys should do. Um, since the Oscars are coming up here, I believe in February, you guys should do the dirties. Um, that sounds like kind of a fun idea. You know, you guys should have a biggest bust in sports, whether that be NFL, NBA, whatever sport you pick. Uh, biggest surprise, you guys can do the Aaron Rodgers Savage Award, you know, like kind of like an in memoriam kind of thing, but it's more of like you pick one guy. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Trailblazer Award for the fucking MTV Movie Awards or some shit. But anyway, Sounds like a fun idea. Also, can we give Tug Coker his own little show? Instead of a TED Talk, maybe a Tug Talk? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Anyways, stay dirty, guys. First of all, Chupacabro greater than Salad underscore Breadsticks. And Salad underscore Breadsticks is a pretty good name, but Chupacabro, I can't believe no one thought about that before. That should be a horror movie. That's a good one. Chupacabro? It's like, hey, I'm going to eat all of your cattle. Yeah. Sup. I'm the Chupacabro. <laughs> or like a bunch of girls go on spring break. Yeah. Chupacabro in yeah. Mexico kills them all. Yeah. Like fucking like a uh, vampire bites their necks. Yeah, yeah. But first he gets them high. Yeah. And he fucks them. <laughs> yeah. He gives them all fucking molly. Gives them all tainted molly and then like vampire bites them. He got chupacabro I don't know, Cindy. I don't know what to go to Acapulco this year. Have you heard about the chuca, chuca cop? What is it? Ch- <laughs> <laughs> Ruther Chupacabro I couldn't even do it I couldn't even That's a great horror movie I'm gonna get somebody To produce that um, I liked it He's ba- Chupacabro is basically The program director For the new DSPN He's like The dirties The, the, the DSPN You know a, a special presentation Like A special Tug Coker event A special uh, No he wants Tug To have his own show Called Tug Talk I like it Uh, I I could also I also like the uh, I also like the um, potential title paper tugger because he was big on the paper tiger of your Seattle Seahawks the paper tugger yeah <laughs> he does like he does like saying paper tiger um, or what the show just called hello tug <laughs> yeah um, yeah or just tug just like the one the one word show but I like the dirties. He did say the Aaron Rodgers Savage Award, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, he said that at first, then he corrected himself. Oh, okay. By the way, the Aaron Rodgers Savage of the Year Award given to the best closet homosexual in all sports this year. The Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award, we will be announcing the finalists soon because they announced the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award the night before the Super Bowl, which is the first week of February. So I will start compiling a list. Uh, let's remind everybody, the Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award, if you're a new listener, goes to the most savage NFL player. Now, the award has been going on for three years, and then he killed himself, so it's now an in-memoriam award. Right. Uh, last year's winner was Robbie Anderson of the New York Jets, because he was, I believe, going 100 miles an hour through the streets somewhere on the East Coast, and when the cops arrested him and pulled him over for reckless driving... I believe something along the lines of he told the officer that he was going to not only have sex with his wife, but also nut in her eye. 
<laughs> so Robbie Anderson was last year's Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award. Uh, front runners are always Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. I'm sure he, <laughs> his airport fight. <laughs> I mean, Pac-Man Jones is like the fucking, uh, he's like, uh, what's her name? Who's the actress who's like literally always up for an award? Meryl Streep? Yeah, he's like the Meryl Streep of the of the Aaron Hernandez Awards. It's like he's always going to be nominated. Yeah. He's always up there. So I will piece that together. We'll see about the dirties. First things first, I got to get the Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award nominees put together. Okay, guys, those are the calls. The hotline is 310-359-8365. It's good to hear from you guys again. If you have any questions for us, give the hotline a ring. What you got going on, Prano? Uh, JoePrano.com for shows. I'll be in New York uh, at the end of the month. Not sure exactly when I'm flying in or flying out yet, but keep your eye on those dates. Uh, I will be in Palm Springs in, I think that's early March now. But uh, God, I'm totally blanking on what I've got coming up. So just go to my website for dates. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. At Joe Prano on Instagram. I want to shout out our boy Patrick Sullivan coming down to seeing shows in uh, Arizona this weekend. Uh, Tyler McCoy and his crew. Is that the right name? Yeah. That's his name, right? Tyler McCoy and his crew. Those guys are the ones who gave us the uh, the OJ. Yeah, yeah. I, Flag. I, we talked about it. and um, So shout out to those guys for coming out. There's one other kid. His name I forgot who came out. But anyway, shout out to all the dirt balls who came out in Arizona. Uh, it's great to see you guys and uh, keep your eye out and uh, follow me on follow me on social media, especially Instagram, simply because I, I'll be posting a lot of my show updates there, too. So, you know, when I'm coming. Cool. And follow- I like seeing dirt balls out of shows. It was a great weekend working with Eddie Ift. House of Comedy is awesome. Go there and watch shows even when I'm not there. Yes. And follow us on Instagram at The Dirty Sports and on Twitter at The Dirty Sports. And subscribe to us on YouTube. We're putting out a bunch of great content. And you can follow me at Andy Ruther. And again, if you guys are interested in becoming an intern, DM me at Andy Ruther or the show at The Dirty Sports. All right, guys. That's the show. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your week. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.